Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it. So, hey, Andrew, it's it's almost the end of the year. Okay. Uh, I, I, there have been a lot of great things that, that, that I've done personally. Have you done good things this year? Um... I think so. I, th- I think so. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Because I was thinking, you know, towards this time of year, a lot of people are doing, you know, top 10 movies, top 10 sure. games. But uh, your favorite ex-celebrity, Oprah, used to do the top My 10 favorite top ten favorite things. Yes. Her uh, favorite things. Her yes. favorite things. So I was thinking, because I've got a whole whack load of those. And, and I was thinking, whack you know, I, I could do like, what is one of your just like favorite top of your head? What's one of my favorite things from this, this year? year. Uh, one of my favorite things from this year is uh, the TV show Severance. Oh, okay, that's a that's a that's a good one. Because uh, I was thinking mine was uh, the uh, the one time that you you actually said like you know doing this podcast it's not the worst thing. You you said it's like no longer the worst thing in your life. That was one of my favorite uh, things that have happened this year on on a global scale. That's one of your favorite things that happened this year. That's that you got not not a compliment. But like, like a passive aggressive comment of like, well, it's not the worst thing I'm doing this year. Actually, I can well, hear you're myself the, you're saying You're the one it. who did it. Yeah, I know. I can hear myself sarcastically say, well, I don't remember that. Well, you, you starve me like I'm in a desert of emotions. <laughs> it's an emotion desert. It's an emotion desert. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and that's why I so saw like that would and be number 10. I would say like number, number nine. Yeah, what's um, number nine? Would be well. Don't spoil the whole list. But what's number nine? What would be the time that I? I okay. We'll we'll do that on the episode. But number yeah. nine would probably be the time God. I think that I that I brought up uh, the idea of doing a top ten favorite things list, and and you only kind of laughed at it a little. Okay. Okay. A couple things. I, I'm now and again to, on a global scale. That's I, I don't know what that means, but is that I'm starting to worry that your memory is kind of going because we've been doing this for years. Our favorite things of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm fairly sure it was my idea. And uh, so wait, wait, you want to credit this year that you came up with the idea of doing it again? Number eight oh, would boy. be Jesus the Christ. time last year that I did come up with the idea of doing top 10 things. Holy but God. But then my memory of the fact that it was me who made it up, that when I remembered that it was me, <laughs> that was my number eight. So you get the gist of this, right? Yeah, yeah. I I, I get the gist of it. It's, okay, not, so it's truly unhinged, but yeah. Numbers. Just like when I quit dating apps. You like that? Number seven was when you made that really, really good joke about Hinge. And we're going to find out number six through one this week as we count down our top 10 favorite things of the year 2022 this week on the Retrograde Podcast. I love this episode. Welcome to the Retrograde Podcast, where we remind you what you used to love and whether or not you still should. I'm Andrew Baskin, and with me as always, it's the bad boy of podcasting, Mr. Bebop himself. Your top one favorite thing of 2022, <laughs> Mikey Aaron. I just imagine you with a bow on, like, oh, yeah. you know what's your Christmas gift? Me. It, it is a boa, but it's made of a boa constrictor. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's a little dangerous. <laughs> a little, but just like me, a just little dangerous. A little dangerous. <laughs> Don't keep me around, children. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good start. Okay, guys, we're here. It is the is getting near the end of the year. It is. And it is our favorite things of the year. This is one of my favorite podcasts that we do all year. You mean like the retrograde? This is... Uh, losing money is pretty good too, but uh, no, no, this is, this is my singular favorite episode we do because when, when we started this, this podcast, uh, Neri, uh, five years ago, almost, yes. you know, a big part of criticism and a big part of getting attention was being negative. Right. And having the biggest take you could about like, you know what? 007's a bad game. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa GoldenEye's right. a bad game? What right. the hell? You know, and that was the thing that got you attention. And why we started this theming was to say, you know what? I like telling things that I like them. It's I way like, more fun. I love celebrating things yeah. that it, that gave me pleasure this year. And, you know, especially coming out of COVID, 
uh, coming out of COVID, uh, there were so many things that that really helped me mentally and and physically get through the year. Yeah, and I want to celebrate those things. When you year. say coming out of COVID, and then you kind of uh, roll your eyes a yeah. little bit because you never believed we were in it. In the no, hundred percent. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once January sixth happened, I really have doubted everything the media has ever told me. <laughs> Where do they stand? Where do they stand? Where do they stand? They're uh, pro-union, but they pro-January 6th. We stand staring up at the mountain of our 10 favorite <laughs> things uh, from the year 2022. I love it. And yeah. uh, for a little bit of uh, uh, clarity on that, it's not necessarily 10 favorite video. We know we're a video game podcast, we but we do like to take these moments at the end of the year to talk 10 favorite things in general. Right. It can be movies, it can be TVs, books, music, all that stuff. Experiences. Yes. Everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to get into that in a little bit. But before we do, Andrew, I know you said you were uh, knock, knock, knock knocking on heaven's door and if heaven's door is the end of god of war ragnarok oh thank god okay um, good um <laughs> i thought you knew something i didn't like, no, did you no. touch my doctor or something <laughs> like yeah i you do should. i do often by the way question about your doctor describe him to me single mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well <laughs> he says that i like that we both went there mm-hmm. immediately uh-huh. uh-huh yeah uh-huh. i know what you're thinking uh, yeah, he's um, eligible. No, he's uh, he's. I got him under my thumb. He reports back to me every time. Oh, every good. time you go see him, you yeah. have some level of coercion over him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Personal mm-hmm. information, blackmail. Yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The information is that he's single. Yeah, uh, that's he doesn't good. want his family to know that. That would be so much work for you to coerce my doctor to give information for the most boring medical records of all time. Like, yeah, he could probably oh. uh, lose some weight. See, um, that's the thing. Oh, what's that? That's the thing. It. It isn't actually boring, right? He he's has just three not, livers. He's just not telling you the exciting stuff. Whoa! I just don't want to worry you, so I pay him not to tell you the. Well, you might call it important stuff. I right. call it the scary stuff. Yeah. So there's. So a, he's just lying to me. He's helping you cope with news that he doesn't want to give you because he doesn't want you to worry. Mm, I think my thing was more true. So he's just not telling me stuff. There is stuff that he's. <laughs> There is stuff he doesn't want you to know. Like, why do you keep raising your voice at the end? Like, well, I'm I'm a politician, uh huh. So I have to. Yeah. You you can say that I've said something, but I need to reword it for you. I see. So yes. I have control over it. Very good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Frame the question very well. I will frame the question. Uh, yeah. My question to you is: uh, Did you end up beating God of War Ragnarok yet? No, or unfortunately. Knock, knock, I, I, so I listened to the podcast that we just recorded, mm-hmm. uh, and I realized. Wow, I didn't give myself much of a runway. That, I thought the same thing because I said the same thing about Elden Ring before we recorded. Yes, we did. Yeah, uh, okay. Okay, good. You didn't finish it either? No, but I am very close. Me too. Yes. I, it's so funny. We were just canonically, I will tell, we recorded these uh, episodes two days apart. Yes. Uh, from uh, where we were with uh, Lion King and where we're recording now. And so I heard myself very confidently go like, and by the time we talk about this, I'll be done. <laughs> I said the same thing. I haven't thing. even played it once since then. What is wrong with me? <laughs> well, we have to get ahead a of lot. the recordings a little bit. Not Actually, to, what not- is wrong with me? I, you talk to my doctor. What is wrong with me? Okay. Uh, oh, well, you're doing it again. Nothing. <laughs> oh my God. There's nothing wrong with you. No, stop raising your voice. There's okay. nothing wrong with you, Andrew. Okay. There's nothing okay. to worry about. Okay. And if and if you're feeling a little off, mm-hmm. if you feel like, look, I know the symptoms that you have told your doctor. We can be honest about that. I know what you've spe- you, what you've had covered. I've, I've heard the conversations you've had. Jesus. And all the symptoms that you're saying you have. And I know that you're like, it it sounds like bowel cancer, but it's not. <laughs> colon cancer? It's not. Oh, okay, good. No, not colon, bowel. Okay. That's a di- that's a different thing. I didn't even know that was a thing. It is. It, it's uh, a much worse version. <laughs> oh no, that's it's terrible. a much worse version. Okay, well that's that's great. I'm glad it, that what a what a pleasant holiday surprise for me <laughs> that I'm dying. 
Uh, well, welcome to the last 10 favorite things of all time. <laughs> no, I'll continue on in your absence. <laughs> Who would you replace me with? Ooh, good question. Who's like at the top uh, of the list right now? Where's Jeff Keighley at? Yeah. He just hosted the Video Game Awards. Okay, uh, so I saw the Video Game Awards. We, I didn't, we, I should, I, so this is gonna be a week and a half after the Video Game Awards, yeah. but we, sh we have to touch on a couple things. Okay, Jeff Keighley's tweet that the person has been arrested for running on the stage <laughs> yeah. uh, without context. And I don't want to learn the context. I will not learn the context. Is single-handedly one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. And then I did a slight bit of reading and they're like, oh, he's a kid that's been on InfoWars. And you're like, oh, okay, crap. Okay, so I'm not gonna, because I wanted to just retweet it and go like- Oh, he's been on InfoWars? No, he's not a great kid. Oh shit, that <laughs> sucks. Like, I know, because I wanted to just retweet and go like, I'm not learning context. This is the funniest thing of all time. Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, oh, it's okay. All right. Well, nonetheless, yeah, Jeff Keighley. Yeah. As as Miyazaki uh, uh, and the team from FromSoft were accepting the game of game of the year award for Elden for Ring, Elden Ring yeah. uh, uh, this kid stormed the stage and nominated Bill Clinton for an award or whatever. whatever Head rabbi, and then it made me uncomfortable because I was like, oh no, is there some level of anti-Semitism when he was wearing? Uh, no, he was wearing Yeezys while saying it, and you're like, uh, is that true? Yes. Okay. Well, Infowars. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah. The uh, who but, are they at war with? information well yeah because it hurts their cause <laughs> <laughs> don't know too much don't learn too much where do they stand um but yes you know it's so funny that these this award show this game award show is more important for the trailers that come out than the actual awards that are given it's, right it's more well known for it i you know it's funny because you always hear it compared to the oscars you're like it's the oscars for the video games and i'm like it isn't though. it really isn't though. i mean i i understand that this is kind of the most accepted award ceremony sure. unanimously it's like that is the, you getting that award means that you've won the critics choice in some way but it doesn't hold the same weight that an oscar does no. and i can't imagine it will so you're right you're right it becomes more about the plethora of announcements and trailers this is advertisement this is nothing more than that no it is it's 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 paid for promotion and it's like even to the point that when i was trying to google what happened yeah. during the thing it was only recaps of all the trailers and i couldn't even find out who won the awards like really yeah you know, i'm like oh okay well all right but you know what that's the most exciting thing about it now i want to talk about some of the announcements oh, uh, because uh vampire survivors a game that i've talked about a lot on the podcast yeah. is going free on mobile very oh, soon that's exciting so now not only was it on game pass but now you have absolutely no excuse not to play this game andrew oh you're saying to me yes okay and the listener was i supposed to you know, we put these out to for people. Most listen. of the time. I thought oh, this okay. was just you and me going, like we were doing the dry run. Do you think run. we step into microphones? We and didn't like... do a rehearsal for this one yet. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, good. Do you have your script? I do. Well, I've been <laughs> reeking for the intro. <laughs> yes. That's weird that this is part of the script. Uh, Vampire Survivors, I'm very excited uh, that it's going to be getting more attention. It feels like this is going to be the most addicting mobile game that you could possibly imagine. That's really it's, cool. It's going, to be, it's going to be up there. Hades 2. Yeah, Hades 2, that's a big one, obviously. Was a massive one. Uh, Armor Core. Armored Core is another FromSoft game. Yeah, so but uh, is that the, something you've played? Because you like uh, I FromSoft. played the original uh, Armored Core. I think it was on a demo disc that I got with the PlayStation 1 uh, way back in the day. I, but I never really got into it. There are a couple FromSoft games that I didn't. Kingsfield would be another one mm -hmm. like from way back in the day. Armored Core, I didn't even know it was a FromSoft game until after I had played, I think, Dark Souls 2. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see what they do. If they add a little bit of an element of, of uh, Souls-like to it. Um, but otherwise, you know, FromSoft is just a great video video game development company. So I'd be excited to try it out. Uh, I, I honestly would be more excited about Hades too. I think, I think oh, that really? game is going to be fantastic. Judas is the game that I, did you see the trailer no, for Judas yet? This one, Andrew, 
we're getting a new Bioshock game and it's Judas, but it's not, it's not actually Bioshock, but it's Ken Levine who was, oh. was, you know, the, the yeah. mind behind Bioshock making a game. One in three. One, one in three. Yes, yes, exactly. Not number two. Uh, the, the, uh, the premise is a little bit up in the air in terms of what it is, but the graphics, the, the hand animations, the, the everything, this is fucking Bioshock. When I saw it, I was like, it, it is in everything but name Bioshock. And I'm very excited to see. Oh uh, my God, Mikey. Is. I got goose pimples right now. It's You got to look up the trailer uh, when, when you get a chance. Oh uh, my God, I will. Uh, speaking of goosebumps, Death Stranding 2 was another trailer that, that got yeah, me going. Yeah, no, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> goosebumps for who? You? Yeah, no, for me. I'm, oh, I'm yeah, saying yeah, I yeah, did yeah. for sure. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm i very excited for- uh, Okay, the Game Awards? Yes. Lydia Sadu was there? She was? In the, in the stands, like in the audience? Really? Yes. She was scalping tickets out, out <laughs> back? <laughs> got, hey, got to make a living. Mm. Um, but it's so funny of all these people, they're like, all these, oh, say it's one of my other things I love about the Game Awards, the fashion of the oh, Game Awards. yeah. Just chef's kiss. Like just unbelievable amounts of t-shirts under People blazers. who are never used to oh. dressing up like they're going to an award ceremony. If they're going to wear runners, if they're going to wear tennis shoes or running shoes or whatever, gym shoes, they didn't even buy new ones. Nope. Like that stuff is just like, no. Nope. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You're going to get jeans? You're going to get them tailored? No. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yes. Uh, it, it is still so, it has so much room to go before it has the same allure and appeal as something like the Oscars. That's that's very clear. Um, crash of the Oscars to yeah. like an office space. Yeah, well, like, yes. like <laughs> going to a mall. Like it's like, we are, st- the Oscars. Even Jeff Keighley isn't really tuxed out. Like Holy <laughs> shit. Like I also, isn't it fucking weird? It isn't, it, isn't it kind of weird? Jeff Keighley puts on the game awards. He's like, everyone come game awards are yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Who'd you get to host? Chris Rock? Maybe, uh, maybe Kevin Hart. No, no, no. I'm going to be doing this. Me. Me. I got this. <laughs> Welcome to Jeff Keighley's game awards. <laughs> it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Cause like when you see all the trailers for it, you have clipped in like the feed from, uh, uh, from the game awards. Cause I, I guess the press press companies didn't get the actual trailers yet. Yeah. So there's always like Jeff Keighley, like, and please enjoy. And then the beginning of the Judas trailer. That must be like, part of it. That must honestly. be part of the negotiation. Yeah. You have to have my face for at least half a second on there. That's the funniest thing is you don't even get his full introduction to the trailer. It's just, and please enjoy. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. It's Wait, so honestly, weird. start the petition now for 2024. Yeah. Mikey and Andrew host the Game Awards. Let's like, do it. Why not? We, we, yeah, Tell no, me it would be less entertaining. We, we than have a feeling. suit that's been pressed once. <laughs> Yes, I promise to wear. We like, share it, but yeah, we share. We're we're also it's, yeah. It's like a who's lies away situation where we come out. Yes, hands under underneath the other person. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like honestly, can it go down from entertainment value? No, probably not. Probably not. Probably no. not. In I, fact, if we fail, we fail hard, and <laughs> we'll dedicate the award ceremony to Bill Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> I promise to bring up that kid three times. <laughs> yeah, you know he's going to be a punchline there. I can almost imagine him presenting an award next year. Honestly, as well, like it's, a, an inside joke kind of thing. Totally, like it's kind of like the Oscars now at this point, you're like the, whatever Will Smith joke is made, it's almost now already played, even though no one's done yes. it once. Yeah. Just because in your head, you've run out through a hundred jokes already. Oh yeah, 100%. And you're like, ah, oh, it's okay. So the second he does it, there's gonna be groans, even though you're like, guys, that's good. And it's been a year in the making. It's also amazing that it happened in the first place. Yeah, yeah. It really is. He, it, it, the funniest that. thing is the image of the kid accepting the award and Miyazaki is standing behind him. And all I can think is Miyazaki has thought of so many horrors 
of torture and violence. And I'm like, the things he's imagining doing to this kid right yes, now, yes. just wild. You're lucky the turtle Pope doesn't isn't around <laughs> yeah, exactly, you right now. Exactly. Um, um, okay, so that's Crash, the game. Crash Team Rumble. Crash Team Rumble. Did no, you see this, this one? No, it's this? it's almost you like a it's have you heard of it? It's almost like a uh, like a Smash Bros esque. It's like Smash Bros meets uh, meets Fall Guys oh, a little okay. bit, but oh, with cool. with the Crash universe. And it had big Power Stone vibes, which is an old Dreamcast game that I absolutely oh. loved. So I'm curious because Crash seems to still make fun games. Uh, the only problem was the the actual ceremony where like crash came down from the ceiling and there was a scripted thing of him like trying to like hey guys we're gonna steal the womp of fruit from this and i realized the fruits of my labor are and it's like oh, the no. only word i could think of was chuggy like i i don't know how <laughs> and i know that's not my word to use uh um, well 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 am i i know i'm chuggy enough Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's a certain amount. I think once we start using the word, inherently you become chuggy. You become chuggy. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm surprised they're doing bits. Like, I'm surprised it's like that because, you know, like I was talking about this the other day, but when we were growing up, trying was the villain. Yes. If you were trying, yes. oh, look at this fucking idiot, trying. That's it. In this modern generation, it is now reversed a little bit. We're like, no, you got to, cynicism is bad. You gotta be, uh, you gotta be trying stuff, and now I'm like, I, I, but I can't. Like inherently in my yeah, head, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, bad. yeah, yeah. That's you might as well double strap your backpack on your way to work too. Uh, like, yeah, 100. percent And then I saw Glee, and I went, no, 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 that's bad. <laughs> They're trying. I don't like it. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a weird thing. And then mm -hmm. the last one is Idris fucking Elba in the Cyberpunk DLC. So okay, yeah, that that's really cool. Idris Elba is definitely available for a check, though. Like you know what I mean? Like I, it's not not taking anything away from Cyberpunk. Yeah. That's really cool, and he's gonna do a great job. But it's it's been more and more clear that I'm like, oh yeah, Idris Elba is definitely like taking calls. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But I'm glad when he does. I like to see him in everything. And you I'm, saw I'm, his knuckles? Yeah. And you really liked Sonic too. I liked the first one. The second one was dog shit. <laughs> It was not good. Um, that's about it for the okay. for the video game awards. I didn't mean we to we, shit all over that. Immediately. No, no, we had to we had to just mention that we saw it. The timing of it is a little bit weird, but those are our impressions of it. Yeah. Um, I just kind of want to get into our lists. Andrew. Please, can we please? Because we need to spend at least five ten minutes talking about how we structured the list, what goes on, what doesn't. Right. I had so many caveats for like okay. what I wanted to make in my list. I'm sure you're the same way. I, I absolutely am the same way. But lay it on me. How did you come up with this list of your ten favorite things of the year? So so I needed to have somewhat of a balance of all genres, all mm. medium. Uh, I, I And I did kind of let that weigh on some of the choices that I made. Okay. So I could have almost made a top 10 list of just TV shows or just movies. Easily. But I wanted to make sure there was representation from, from a, a little bit of everything. So that, that definitely did play a role in it. Generally speaking, though, it, it's and we've said this before at the beginning of a lot of our lists. It's very subjective. Mm -hmm. It's my favorite things yes. of, oh, of the year. Yes. And some of it is experiential and what it meant for the rest of the year, how it informed other things that I watched. Right. Sometimes it's just on its face. How much did I, did I enjoy this thing? How much did it challenge me, et cetera, et cetera. And, and that's kind of what I was going in at with it. But like. I'm sure you're the same with this. I had 50 items or so that I that I was trying to crush into oh 10 God, of them. Yes. I, I revised my list five or six times, even before we were recording, you know, like you're ready to go. And I was staring at my list like, I could I could do better than this, right? 100%. Yeah, it was fucking hard. No, I'm the, I'm the same way that like, there is 50 things. I have a list of long television shows and movies and video games you know, that are outside of my top 10, that if you told me like, you got to get rid of your top 10, I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to go. Yeah, I could do my, I'm ready to do my 10 to 20. I could do my 20 to 30. Yes. So easily. Yeah. yeah. There were, there were a lot of good things this year. Now I will say, 
we, we talked about this last week. TV, I think, had a moment this year. I think so. Movies, I, maybe a softer year for movies for me. Usually movies, I'm like, oh, I could do 15 deep. Yeah. I'm doing stuff. This year, I, you know, whatever. There's a lot of good movies, a lot of interesting movies. But movies for this list, uh, a little bit lower. And then video games, the ones I loved, I loved. Yeah, video games were... But it's a smaller list. We're, we're, we're lighter than, yes. than I, I expected. I remember there were times this year when people were just gushing over how great the releases were or were going to be. And I think yeah. a lot of those releases didn't pan out the way everyone wanted them yeah. to. A lot of hype. Yeah. There were some massive games and some mm -hmm. big ones. But yeah, I was a little disappointed that I didn't have more games. There were a lot of games on like the overall like 50 items that I had. Sure, but in, sure, in terms sure. of how many made it to my top 10, well, remains to be seen. We're, we're going to go through it. So Totally, totally. The other thing I want to say yeah. though is that these are my favorite things of the year. Yes. So when I describe these things, I'm not singularly saying this was the best. That's, that is so, that is, of I echo that sentiment 100%. So, and I'm going to kind of get to it when I say, because like sometimes like my best movie of the year, my favorite movie of the year might not be the highest movie on the list. Sure. So like, and I know we'll kind of talk about that, but there are some things that I thought were even better than the stuff on the list that were left out of the top yes. 10 because these were my most favorite for one specific reason. I, I, that is exactly what I ended up having to channel in order to get things down to 10. There, there are go. better items off the list, but, but in terms of, for some reason, they resonated me with me in a unique way yeah. that gave me like, because, you know, there are a, a ton of reasons why something can be one of my favorite things. Yeah. And I wanted to make sure that each of those reasons were represented on right. my top Absolutely. 10, if that makes sense. So if there were two shows that did something similar, then I might keep one off, even though both of them were better than one of the movies that I put on. Or Absolutely. Like that. I yeah. totally am with you. So just kind of kind of go with that a little bit. We'll at the end talk about more about some stuff that missed that maybe was yeah. even quality better, but, you know, missed for a different reason. But I want to talk about this list. I'm going to crack a beer. <laughs> Um, oh, so, ah, oh, that was my kneecap. I oh. <laughs> Sorry. I thought it was an opener. Oh. I just wanted to do that. Uh, there was no way of, I couldn't say that. People would be like, what's that? What is, is there a gunshot? Um, in my, in my place, probably hundred <laughs> percent. God, a hundred percent. Mikey, do you want to start? Do you want to start? Tell us what number 10 is. I will start us off with number 10. Uh, that's a good place to start. It, People that start number one oh, to 10 are psychopaths. A hundred percent. That's insane. By the way, yes. a listener, uh, uh, Justin Bell did something that remember we had the conversation last week about, is it higher on the list or lower yes. on the list? Tell us. So. I, I, I know this person in, in, in real life and oh. this person uh, 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 just casually said, uh, um, um, uh, hey, did you hear who, who the highest, uh, highest ranked team in the NHL is right now? And I said, oh, man, is it uh, is it the Leafs? Did the Leafs just take it or no? It's I know New, it, it's New Jersey or it was New Jersey mm, at, at the okay. time, but I wasn't thinking anything apart from who highest. is the highest team. Highest. But he said he's like, there you go. Highest. Highest means top. And I was like, that so, makes a lot of sense. So even though it's number one, which is okay, a lower number, it's okay. higher on the list. So when you and I have the same number, we're going to wait for whoever has the higher, higher number ranking. Yes. And then we will you talk about that person. That's true. So if, okay. if, if, if an item on our is on both of our lists, we are going to wait until the second person has the higher pick higher. And, then, and then we're both going to talk about it. Higher. Yeah, higher. I like it that. Was, honestly, you, it, Justin. It, it, was, it was fantastic. I, yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I was, he, it, it dumbfounded me. Because I, he was like, there Which you go. Is hard. It's hard. It's hard uh, to do. Yeah, because I'm already so dumb. Yeah, you're pretty low. <laughs> that to make me... See? Low. Low. Right. Low. Right. But when I'm high, I'm so fucking smart, man. <laughs> okay, so number 10, the lowest of the low. Oh, of God. Of my favorite Disgusting. things Sorry, of the yes. year. This one is something that I didn't ever imagine I was going to get 
for the rest of my life. I thought that my experience with this area of thing was gone and done. And all I was going to experience was reliving these things in my memory. However, my 10th favorite thing is a reminder of what it felt like to be a kid in the form of Jackass Forever. Oh, a movie that uh, I so I have another podcast. We've talked about this uh, on, talk on the about podcast it. called uh, Jackass, yeah. a Jackass podcast where we go back and we review all the old episodes of Jackass, all the movies, offshoots like Wild Boys and Viva La Bam. And the reason why we do that is because Jackass is a, as a franchise and and all the offshoots meant so much to me as a kid. It, it was the first time as a child that I felt validated in seeing this weird angst and and absurdity represented in other human beings yeah. and then being accepted by everyone else and not only accepted but yeah. but deified in, in a way and there was a, a brief period of time where i just assumed that that was dumb and silly and stupid and then they announced that the movie was going to come out it got delayed a bunch but it came out on my birthday oh, february 3rd 2022 no and uh, ladies and uh, and i went to go see it with my brother and it was just this return to that feeling of childhood, yeah. uh, visiting with old friends, essentially, Aww. who you've kind of fallen out of touch with, and then reminding yourself that these emotions are still validated by this weird offshoot of human beings who still have an affinity towards jackass. It was great. And 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 I, I combine, you know, because it's 10 favorite things isn't just the thing itself. It was also the experience of going with my brother on my birthday to go watch the movie. Fucking fantastic jackass forever. That's amazing. Yeah, two things. Just if you're not subscribed to Jackass, what are you guys doing? Mikey, <laughs> Mikey's just, just the funniest guy in the world. He's been on Jackass. You got to go listen to that. Thank and you. And I, I totally understand that. I, it's not only that you get to see your friends again, which is something we talk about on this podcast all the time. Right. When there's sequels, when there's things, oh, I get to see my friends again. This yes. is great. Yeah. For it to be also good. Yeah. Oh my God. It's yeah. a separate arguably, arguably the best Jackass movie. I wow. still think Jackass 2 is, is the best in terms of funniest, okay. but there's something kind of like we talk about on this podcast all the time, when retro hits, when mm -hmm. retro feels good in the modern day, yeah. and it works in spite of all the flaws, yeah. that's almost better than it just hitting on all cylinders it, back in 1993. Like, there's something about the feeling of, of, of watching it all come together and still carry weight that makes it in hindsight almost better than than experiencing it back for the first time in Jackass's case back in like the early 2000s. That's amazing. Yeah. See, that's a that's a great choice for number 10 because there's a lot because there's a lot of reasons why it's your favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's not only the experience of watching the movie, which everyone has done at home probably. Yeah. It was so successful. Yep. And it's it's also the experience with your brother and it's your birthday yep. and all this kind of stuff. Exactly. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, there you go. Number 10, Jackass Forever for Mikey. My number 10, I don't know if to look. I, mean, I know what it is already. <laughs> uh is let me check. Oh, he's got to check. Andrew's a no. fucking nerd, dude. Dude, he fucked up, man. Let me check. Dude, he fucking sucks. He's Honestly, sweating. you know he's why I want. Right you now. know why I wanted to check. I almost thought about changing it for a second. Oh, sure. But I'm not going to okay. because number ten is an important thing. Is not is a movie, mm -hmm. but is not one of the best movies in the year. It's it actually, to be honest, I think would be high top tens, maybe low teens. Uh huh. But I think it's important, and I'm so glad I got to watch it. It's going to be everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, I'm glad you had this on your list. The fact that we can live in a modern society where movies like this are made is really, really exciting yes. for me, and it should be for everybody else. This was made by A24, an independent cinema you know, uh, studio that, yes, every hipster you know loves A24. Oh, God, you're going to roll your eyes because they're wearing a dad cap with A24 <laughs> on it, and you're like, oh, my God, so much A24. 
But the fact that the Daniels could get out of making music videos and commercials and stuff like that to make a uh, motion length, uh, future length motion picture with Michelle Yeoh and to make something that is so inventive and so creative. And yes, it's not perfect. And that's okay to try something like this. And that also it found its footing and it found its audience and people really resonated with it left. You know, I cried twice during this movie. Like it's just a really brilliant movie. Yeah. It's a little too long. Yeah. It's a little bit too much. But man, it, I don't think I've seen as a movie as imaginative and as creative in a very, very long time. I think it's a real spectacle. And I'm just so glad I got to see it this year. I, I really struggled not having that movie on oh, my yeah. list. And and a lot of it came down to is Jackass on the list or is everything everywhere all at once on the list. Again, it it is very rare to have a movie, TV show, video yeah. game, anything that makes you laugh, cry, get excited. Yes. It is action. It is drama. It is comedy. It is the thing that gives a middle finger to the concept of genre. Yes. And I think the more that we get into just movies and and explore what what they are and and get better at making them in in the medium, the more we realize genre doesn't need to exist. Totally. Yeah. And and this is proof of that. You know, it's so funny. You know, we'll talk, we'll talk about it. uh, I don't know. We'll talk about it later, but like there's so often that people talk about a a genre that's animation. You're sure. Like, animation is not, not a genre. That's not a genre. No. That's insane. Yeah. Like, you know how many different things you can do with animation? And I just... The That's thing like that, calling the 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 genre, uh, uh, like, steady cam versus handheld. It's yeah. like, what are you talking about? Like, what you, yeah, yeah. That's just how you shoot it. You know, I think the other thing is that, you know, I really do love films, and, and it's something that I, I care very much about. And I, I sit there and I watch that movie, and I, I'm staggered by the idea of their shot list. Must have been thousands oh my God, of yeah. items. Yeah. You know, just of every little interstitial when they look, they're from a universe and you never see that universe, but it's only for half a second. Yes. Like, they had to set up a camera, put on makeup, get the backgrounds, get the whole makeup. And it's just- Strap some hot dogs to their fingers. Exactly. Yeah. Just for like, bang. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, yeah, 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 that's yeah. all it was. And so it really is a staggering work of achievement. And I, I just, it's a really great thing. And it says a really good thing about creative processes in general that we were able to make stuff like that. So everything everywhere all at once. Is I'm, I'm envious as I'm sure you are at the people who have not yet seen it. Oh, because imagine finding out that, oh, okay, I guess I'll give this a shot and yeah. not realizing how special the experience of watching it for the first time is totally. going to be. Yeah. I was that annoying person. My player one hadn't seen it a couple of weeks ago. So I saw it for a second time and uh, I'm sitting next to her and she, she's watching it and I'm doing that thing the whole time. Like, uh, looking, uh, looking back at her. Yeah, uh, yeah, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was pretty cool, right? Yeah. And you're like, oh my god, that must be so annoying <laughs> to watch with. But it's 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 one of those movies you get excited by. Yes. So yeah, that's my number ten. I love that number ten, and I love that you had it because I didn't. Oh okay. uh, Another one that I struggled to uh, decide whether or not I wanted on the list in place of, oof, man. Oh man, you're thinking about it. You know what? You're gonna switch. I have to switch. <gasps> I was there was, and I it's something that switch. I forgot about that I didn't have on the list. And I was like, if something comes up and it feels right, fuck this. I hate taking this movie off the list. Well, why don't you, can you tell us the movie afterwards? I will tell okay. after, but I I need to take the place. My number nine favorite thing is okay. going to be represented by a concept that I had been unfamiliar with for four or five years in my life. I, I That's way longer than four <laughs> or five years. Are you kidding me? I'm 33, Andrew. Um, the the uh, uh, the concept of of reading. I I oh. fell out of love with reading. I was an English major in university. I did a ton of reading straight out of university, and I haven't done it in a very long time. But I got back into it. Uh, uh, me and my partner, we started reading books together, and we would kind of like because you know you're almost reading. W- 
not against someone else, but like if someone gets no, ahead of pressure. you, yeah, you got yeah. You, you have. There's there's a reason why you have to stay stay with it. And uh, uh, this this concept of of falling back in love with reading is represented by, and that's kind of what I do with all my picks. There's like a concept, and then the thing I apply sure, to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The concept of falling back in love with reading is going to be represented by Cormac McCarthy's The Passenger, uh, uh, a new book that he came out with. His first book, and I keep saying twelve years. I I think it might be something along those lines. He's ninety years old. He's yeah. my favorite author. He wrote The Road. He wrote No Country for Old Men, yeah. Blood Meridian, Sutri. It, my favorite author. Absolutely love him. So to get the first of his books now, which we hadn't had in, in forever because he fell in love almost like George R. R. Martin with other mediums. Yeah. He was writing plays, which he'd always kind of done, but yeah. he he wrote a script. He wrote uh, uh, a movie with Javier Bardem, yeah, Cameron I, Diaz. Yeah. The, I was thinking about this the other day. Michael yeah. Fassbender. Um, it's, like, um, it's not like the contractor, the, but it's the, like the, the... It's a type of person. It's a noun. Yes. And it's, yeah, 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 yeah. The counselor. Counselor? counselor. The yes. counselor, yeah. Very good, yes. And uh, so so I was just, maybe we, maybe we'll never get it. But we did. The book is amazing. He released two books. It was, uh, they're both in the Passenger series. It's the Passenger and Stella Maris. I'm reading, reading Stella Maris right now. And I'm just so happy. I feel blessed that we got another book from this yeah. guy, another two books. He's 90 years old. It's fairly doubtful we'll get another one given oh, how long it took him to I, I hope we get another only one. halfway I, through his life yeah i hope so yeah he only lived 180 so. yeah exactly uh so the passenger and the idea of reading i know we make fun of reading all the time on this we podcast do. but yep. uh, uh yep. <laughs> yep. this is the one episode we're like without bits like yes, no 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 exactly, we love reading. exactly uh, reading is good. uh yeah so the passenger love out it. there and if you if you've never checked out cormac mccarthy definitely do it so you said something that you read with your partner you don't read together in the same room do you? i read to her Oh, that's much, actually, to be honest, that's much more normal in my head. The idea of like, we'll both read and sit on a couch together. Oh, sometimes I, we do that. That is, I can't begin to describe how repulsive that is. Really? I, like, we'll both also read and it's just like quiet and you're just reading. I love I it. Would the whole it's time, so peaceful. No, I could not do that. Really? I'd be looking over the whole time and like, how fast is she reading? Yeah, like, like I'm yeah, not yeah. into it. I gotta about, be like, in. If you, if you go to a park or something like that, on a beach, by a pool. Um, yeah, no, that I can do. Yeah. That I can do. But it's just it's it's just the intimacy of it. I think it's just like I get that. There's only other, one other person in the room. I know? think there's I think there's something I just kind of like being around people sometimes, sure. even if we're not engaging the in the exact same thing. I think that's a healthy thing. It is to very be, to be able thing. to do separate things in the same space. Mm -hmm. And even though this quote unquote separate thing is reading the same book, I, I do think it's it's wait the same book too. Well, we're usually reading the same book. Oh so my yeah. god, that's even worse. <laughs> Oh, I gotta, okay, I gotta talk about that. I gotta sit down for a second. Okay, so there you go, Cormac McCarthy. Yeah, you've been recording standing up this whole time. I've been, yeah, for years. Just uh, Yeah, just, oh my God. Uh, Cormac McCarthy, number two for you. That's great. Um, yeah, thank you. And the, the concept of reading. Oh, yeah, so the other one too is, I wanted to name the thing also that I kind of kept off because of this concept, by the way. Okay. So number 10 was actually, the second thing was Turning Red. Uh, Turning oh. Red, the Pixar movie. I think it's like a Pixar classic. It's really good. I still haven't seen it. Oh, it's cute as all hell. Yeah. It's really good. And it does some animation stuff at the end. It's really cool. So it's like a pushing the concept idea. So that's why I wanted to do that for number 10. Speaking no of red, I'm going to give you a red flag though. You can't, can't do that. Can't do that. Not every time. Not every time. You, we got to save it till the end. And then you, you can only pick a couple things. No. Because one of the one of the hardest things is, is making the top 10. And if we start to open it up to honorable mentions already... Not fair. No bueno. Um, okay. It's gonna well, we'll, see, we'll see if I do that or not. I don't know. We'll die, I, <laughs> no promises. Number nine is going to be the FX show Reservation Dogs. Uh, Reservation nice. Dogs is- Season two. 
season two is just incredible. Like it, it really is in a lot like another thing that I'm not going to mention Atlanta, but it's, is that, <laughs> is that it's, it's a lot like the, the show could be anything. Sure. It really could be anything. Sure. And every episode that you tune into, you don't know what you're going to get into. It might be a sweet episode, uh, but whatever. There might be ghosts. There might be a little romp about a stolen car or something. Sure. like, I don't know what I'm getting into, but every time it's, it knows its core so well. It knows what it's trying to say. And because of that, you are so invested in these characters and the emotions and the story they tell that whatever they do, you're like, yeah, okay, absolutely. Uh, and I it's did, it's a show that takes place on uh, uh, a reservation in the yeah. United States, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah in yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah. And it's about the concept of getting out and what getting out can be. And it's in really in a large part of season two. Or being about, comfortable staying in. That is also a concept. That's the thing. And yeah. it's, the, it's between these friends, these four to f- four friends, really, that, that it's about what they want to do with their lives and how those can be intersections uh, intersected while they're teenagers. And it's also about grieving and loss and the loss of a friend and, uh, and not dealing with your emotions. I just, I think this show is just so brilliant. It's fantastic. Every week you're like, well, I might laugh or cry and I might do both. And you're like, well, all right, cool. And I just can't say enough good things about it. It's a really, it's a really cool tone. And I, I wish more shows were like this. So Reservation Dogs. Season one is great. I haven't seen season two yet, yeah. but I, I cannot wait to because I, I absolutely loved it. You'll yeah. love it, man. Yeah. Like it's yeah. I, it's somehow better than season two. That's actually true of a few things on my list. Sure. But I can't believe oh. that that is actually better than season one. I so. think I can read between the lines with that. Uh, uh, okay, so we'll, okay. we'll, we'll get, we'll <laughs> get into go. it. Number nine. My number eight is, it's an outlet. I was appreciative to have. You have a favorite outlet? And uh, yeah, it's where I plug my Christmas tree into. Oh, that's your favorite outlet. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm kidding. It's uh, the Le Chateau outlet. <laughs> Local jokes. <laughs> Local jokes. Uh, uh, no, it's an outlet for my anger and my rage. Oh, no. And my problem solving. Uh, um, number eight is a choice that I think a lot of people probably expected to be at number one. Uh, I struggled to put it on my top 10. I have to be completely honest really? with you. It's Elden Ring. Wow. It's, it's at my number eight. Um. And here is again, talk it out, talk where it out. I will reiterate the fact that these are my favorite things of the year. Right. Objectively speaking, I think my relationship with this game is very similar to that of Red Dead Redemption 2, where I know it's a fantastic game, but it's not my fantastic oh, I game. See. Okay. Elden Ring is a, I'm so happy it won game of the year. It absolutely deserves it. Okay. It is one of the most impressive video games that's ever been made possibly the most impressive video game that's ever been made. Wow. I think there's an argument that you can make for that. Okay. But it's not the impressive video game that I wanted to play. It is so far, and I am on the third last boss of the game, okay. and there are, there's just kind of a boss rush towards the end. I, I'm, I'm either two hours away or five hours, depending on how long it takes Jesus me to beat these bosses. Christ. If I beat them all in one go, I'm probably 40 minutes away from the end oh, of the okay. game. Oh, okay, I see, okay. Um, I I think that Elden Ring is my least favorite FromSoft video game next to Sekiro. Okay. Uh, Sekiro is just like, I couldn't even finish it. Didn't like the mechanics. I get that it's for some people. It's not for me. Elden Ring, the open world led to so many balancing issues. I ended up playing the story so out of order uh, uh, and essentially getting to the point where I was basically and am still basically just mainlining the story, trying to push my way through every boss encounter, every enemy encounter, run past some enemies because I just want to be done with it. I've had enough time with it. I don't want to spend any more with it. 
Uh, and I know it seems like, well, if I'm arguing like this, yeah. why is it even on my list? And that's one thing I question. Interesting. But I was appreciative to be able to experience a game that is this impressive, mm -hmm. that has this much love put behind it, this much lore, this much attention to detail. I just didn't need the experiences of the likes of Bloodborne or Dark Souls to be diluted as the, as it was in Elden Ring across an open world. I thought it was going to be an issue. There were times when I figured it wasn't, but ultimately I think it was. Um, still, you know, the thing that I probably spent the most time with throughout the year uh, but the thing that I most cannot wait to be finished <laughs> at this point in my in my what life. What a wonderful burden you have in your life. It feels like it. Yeah. It feels like it. Well, there you go. You're I don't want to become the Elden Lord. <laughs> I'm done with it. <laughs> so your number eight is going to be Elden Ring, the game of the year. It is. Uh, uh, I will say once I'm finished it, because you you didn't you didn't play no, Elden Ring right no um, uh, with uh, no plans to by the way with no plans no I, I understand yeah. that uh, there's a another podcast out there called Pixelated Thoughts okay they've uh, invited me on to share my thoughts with hey. Elden Ring once uh, once I've completed it okay. so uh, keep an eye out for that I'll probably give another announcement on this podcast yeah. and on my social medias before we do it but I can't wait to sit down and talk with them about uh, about my thoughts on Elden Ring well there you go yeah. that's that's really exciting so there you go number eight Elden Ring for you mm -hmm. my number eight is going to be Apple TV Plus' service Severance uh -huh. Severance is maybe not in my I don't know if it's in my top 10 TV shows of the year I really don't. I, I, it's, it's, and it's no. So if you, if you made a list of your top 10 favorite TV shows, Severance might not be in there. Might not be. Wow. Yeah. And that's, so that's a weird way to start yeah, with yeah. a show that's number eight of my favorite things sure. of the year. But there is so much about this that is so refreshing on television right now. And it kind of fills in this little sci-fi element of like kind of what 1899 is doing right now from the dark creators. But is that, but the show was so like tightly made. It was the, between the set designs and the costumes and some of the dialogue and some of the, like, these little touches all leading to a finale that I really think is singularly one of the best television episodes of the year. The finale. Yeah. Okay. I think the finale is wound so tight and just, like, everything was, like, ready to go. And, it, and then all of a sudden that finale is, like, bang, 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 uh -huh. bang, bang. I absolutely love that. And I think that there's a certain storytelling aspect to it. And I can't believe it, but like Ben Stiller really has a good handle on storytelling. Yes. And uh, well, why wouldn't he? Why you don't know? you briefly describe the plot of Severance well, you're in, right. in, I should start in as vague a way as possible? You're right. I should start with that. So there is a program that a very large, let's say Apple or Amazon type company, someone, one of the megaliths of the world yeah. has started where they are severing your existence between your work life and your personal life. Hello. <laughs> is... Uh, and so that when you are at work, you have your own entity, your own being and your own existence. And then when you go home, you don't remember any part of work and right. you are your own person. And so those two lives do not speak to each other, do not, they're, there's, they're completely separate and that's where the severance program goes through. And so- So, so literally when you go to work, you bait, it's almost like you lose consciousness. Like yeah. me as Mikey, if I work at this Google company, yes. when I go oh, into, a good example. yeah, when I go into, into work, I lose consciousness and immediately as though it's the next second, wake up and work is done. Yeah. It's like you clock out of 501 and it, it, all of a sudden the next memory you have is nine in the morning. And it's not even, it's not even like, it's like, it would be as though you blinked and then you're there. Yes. And it's the same thing for the person at work. So while I, Mikey, don't ever have to go to work mm -hmm. in my mind. Yes. The, you physically are at work. I physically am at work, but my mind isn't. Yeah. My, what do they call it? Innies and outies. Innies and outies. My innie, the same thing happens to them. They wake up, 
at the beginning of the workday and go to sleep essentially and lose consciousness at the end of the workday. Yeah, and so it, it leads to this idea of like, you know, the moral you know implications of that, which I will say is like not a huge part of the show because even me saying that out loud, I was like, oh, that sounds boring. But yeah. uh, it is more that the characters that they write and the actors that they get are so good in the show that you feel for every single person for many different reasons. And I, I just, I really thought this is the best example of a show ramping all the way up to the finale yes. and then the finale leaving you. And you're going, oh, wow. And I just thought it was so exciting. And, and it's just beautiful to look at. So I'm so excited for season number, uh, season two. And I thought Severance was just an incredible show. I'm I'm ecstatic for season two. I can't wait. I disagree slightly with the finale. I thought it was, I thought it oh, was wow. great because like you said, wound up and then just bang, bang, yeah. bang. But they gave you fucking nothing in, in, in terms of like, like, uh, 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 wrapping things up a little bit. Right. If they didn't get a season two, then season one would not be self-contained yeah. in a way that kind right. of frustrates me. Yeah, no, and I agree with you, but like, I think Apple's like a special example right now. It's kind of like Prime in a lot of ways too, where like they don't cancel shows because they don't have to. Yeah. Apple and Amazon are not making money off of their streaming service, whereas something like Netflix or something needs to make money off of these right. things. Right. Disney Plus needs to make money off these things because it's a huge aspect of their business. Whereas Apple, it's like a byline in their like weird iPhone company. Yeah. And, so, and, and you also look at something like For All Mankind, which they did this as with, with this 100%. as well. And it didn't really become popular until this year. But there are what, four or five seasons of that show now? Four or five. Yeah. yeah four. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's the same thing. We're like, yeah, we'll just let you do whatever you want. Yeah. They just want to work with creators that do stuff and to be perfectly honest we'll get to a thing later in my list but it's like when you give creators the opportunity to make the project that they want yeah there is a really high yes there is a strikeout rate but the uh the the ceiling that you can hit is so much higher so than getting much noted higher. to death because it's such a different show than anything i've seen 100%. in a very long time it i love so i love that you had that one yeah. speaking of shows that are unlike anything i've ever seen my number seven uh is the experience of something truly different from anything i've ever experienced on tv and maybe you could say that for something like severance but i think it rings more true potentially for this show because it questioned uh there were moral questions of of what it is to make reality television Ooh. it was fuck it it was it was oh. incredibly funny at certain times it was sad at certain times it felt experimental and experiential to the viewer in a way that i've never felt before yeah. i felt like i was taking part in something that could have been morally corrupt and it's the rehearsal that's that's the form that it came in. Nathan Absolutely. Fielder's new show on HBO. They gave him free reign to do whatever he wants. Nathan for you was a fun, <laughs> funny show about, you know, you give an awkward guy the opportunity to change people's businesses. This was a guy with the opportunity to maybe ruin people's ruin lives. People, yes, ruins people's lives. Yes. yes. And it's hilarious, mm -hmm. but you also have to start questioning what it is that you're taking part in. So basically his idea is that if you have a problem in your life, you can be comfortable with finding a solution to it by rehearsing every possible outcome to that issue. Yeah. And he comes into someone's life and tries to literally hire actors, set pieces mm -hmm. and everything so that they can live through the moment that they're afraid of play through every possible scenario so that it, when it comes time to apply that scenario to the real thing, like yeah. a confrontation, for example, with like, uh, uh, I'll say this one because it's in the first episode, a confrontation with the the leader of a quiz group, like a trivia group, mm -hmm. who uh, this person was caught in a lie about his profession and he didn't want to confront this person because he thought he would lose all his friends. So it's like, okay, we're going to, the bar you're going to meet at, what you're going to wear, we're going to get all the variables out yeah. of the way and we're going to live through that conversation in a thousand different iterations and you're going to be comfortable regardless of which way it plays. Yep. 
that is the first episode and it feels very generic when oh. you watch it. And I won't say anything about what happens beyond that, but that show was wild. If you haven't heard, if you haven't watched that show and you're hearing Mikey describe it, whatever you think is going to come next, you were wrong. You're wrong. You are absolutely wrong. It is insane what happens that show. It is dark. It is yeah. so dark, but you're right. You feel like a voyeur. You feel yes. dirty. You're like, yeah. sometimes you're like, oh, am I participating in this? Right. It is so brilliant. It is in my top 10 TV shows all year. It's not on my list, but That's, it's okay. so good. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad we're talking about I, it. I'm, I'm, same with Severance. I'm glad you brought it up because yeah. that was a hard one to leave out of my top 10 as well. Yeah. Hey, D-Pads, want to watch this week's gameplay segment where we play a portion of today's game and provide video commentary while doing it? All of our gameplay segments are available for free at youtube.com slash the retrograde podcast. Make sure to subscribe and maybe leave us a like and comment while you're there. And while you're here, why not drop us a rating or review on your podcast platform of choice? It only takes you a moment, but it helps us out immensely and lets us know you appreciate us as much as we appreciate you. You can still join us on our Patreon for $5 US per month at patreon.com slash the retrograde podcast for monthly bonus episodes such as drafts, spoiler casts, top 10 lists, and take some suggestions from the community, both gaming and non-gaming related. Plus, make sure to follow us on all our social media channels. It's at RetrogradePod on Twitter and TikTok or at the Retrograde Podcast on Instagram. We're also available on Twitter at RetrogradeMikey and at RetrogradeAndy. Finally, reach out to us with any business inquiries or questions and comments you'd like us to read on air at the Retrograde Podcast at G email.com we'll see you all on the other side okay for my number seven yes uh i'm oh, gonna be going you just jumped there a little bit well no i jumped yeah okay yeah. well i don't think so i think That's everything's weird. good you must be seeing something else the i'm gonna be choosing a podcast ah number seven the I'm retrograde gonna, the retrograde yeah <laughs> wouldn't it be great if i named the retrograde and made it seven <laughs> that'd be incredible uh i'm gonna be choosing the blank check podcast okay uh hosted by griffin newman and david sims now, so if I explain the premise of this podcast, people might go, oh, God. Okay. You have explained it to me, and I have gone, sounds okay. So the idea is David Sims, uh, a movie critic uh, that writes for The Atlantic. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. That's a little highbrow. And then Griffin <laughs> Newman, an actor, discuss movies. Oh, an Atlantic critic and an actor. And you're like, no, that sucks. And you're like, yeah, it should. But it doesn't. And so the idea is that they go through long series. Uh, the idea is the blank check is uh, a director that has massive success early in their career and then uh, is allowed to make a blank check in whatever movie they want. And sometimes they cash and sometimes they fail, maybe. And the, the, the idea is that they go through long series of directors' filmography sure. week to week. And, and sometimes it, it's never like, it's not like, hey, we're doing Spielberg. Like, no, it's like these kind of interesting directors that make, that have ups and downs and things like that. Who, who's the biggest director they would have done on it? That's a good question. They have done. Didn't they, uh, they do did Sam Raimi recently? Did they do Coppola recently? Or uh, not? Not Coppola. Who did? Um, oh, they did the Kubrick. Shining. Kubrick. They did Kubrick. Sorry, yeah, 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 they yeah. did Kubrick recently, which is I got yeah one of the biggest ones. And usually those are open to polls. Like sure. They, they asked who do you, who do you guys want to we can talk about? Right. The one they're doing right now is the guy that directed uh, Nightmare Before Christmas because he's got a new movie coming out. And usually it's always like bookended. Wait, isn't by that, that Tim Burton? No. See. That's a great point. Tim Burton was a producer on it. Oh, wow. It says Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. Wow. And I'm so sorry. This is only playing into it. I can't remember the guy's name. And, <laughs> um, but he's saying like, oh yeah, Tim, Tim Burton's yeah, Nightmare Before Christmas. Like I didn't do anything. So it's a, it's a really interesting, it's a really interesting podcast because- uh, Henry Selleck. Henry Selleck. Thank you very much. Um, because they can have these in-depth conversations where sometimes the podcast can be as long as the movie. Right. But it's, a, it's taught me a lot about criticism in general. To not just be like, I don't like this. I like this. You sure. know what I mean? And really when arguments are much more nuanced, and especially when we do a review podcast where we review things and give you know criticism to, to games, I 
kind of always kept that in the back of my head that it shouldn't be like yes or no, black or white, thumbs up or thumbs down, when really criticisms are much more nuanced into finding quality in bad things sure. and finding bad things in good things. Yep. You know, I, I just, I really enjoyed it and I find their banter to be really good. So well, like, I, I almost feel like there's there's uh, a lot of people, when you try to say something negative about a good thing, they're like, oh, you're just trying to hate. Right. Or when you try to say something good about something bad, you're like, oh, you're just trying to be contrary. Totally. But that's ne that very seldom is actually the case. Totally. I think it's too much of like a Rotten Tomatoes world where we're like, and then it comes down to a number. And yes. here's 96%. Yeah. And you're or like, a thumbs up, thumbs down. Well, totally. Or, yeah. And whereas like really when you talk about these things and which which is at the heart of criticism in general, which I always think of like people like, oh, movie critics. Right. And you're like, well, no, criticism used to be a thing where like directors and critics were good friends because they would push each other, sure. you know? And I think people writing introspectively about work or speaking about it is a good thing because it will create good projects in the future. So I just have, I really love their banter. They're really funny and and has been the best example of what I think we hope to do and sure. a lot of people hope to do is that when we speak, we hope you're the third in the room. Yes. You're the person sitting with us that we're talking with. And I feel like that when I listen to the podcast. So if you like movie and movie criticism, stuff like that, nice. Blank Chat Podcast, really great. That's your number seven. seven. Made me really happy. I should have been, it should have been severance at seven, but whatever, what are you can do? Oh, severance. Yes. My number seven is Kevin Spacey's <laughs> future potential, let me be frank. Wouldn't that be great if it was David Fincher's seven at seven? You're like, Andrew, that came, movie came out in 1993. It's like, well, from here on out. <laughs> I saw it for the first time in 2022. Seven at seven, yeah. baby. Um, my number six, then I'll get into it is, uh, um, you know, back in the beginning of the pandemic, oh. Animal Crossing came out yeah. and everyone loved it. And I played about six to eight hours with it and I wanted to love it. I, I was an enormous fan of the original right. Animal Crossing game, uh, on the GameCube played a shit ton of hours in that game, but I never was able to find my love of that kind of city building, home building kind of game again. I understand the appeal. It just doesn't work for me. Mm. Number six is my entry back into that type of game. Oh, okay. Uh, in a way that I find more palatable for me it, when, when I boot up a game, what I'm looking to get out of it. It's Cult of the Lamb. Cult of the Lamb wow. was, a, was a game that I played and beat. That's right. Earlier wow. this yeah. year. <laughs> Sorry, it went by so quickly. I just wanted everyone to acknowledge. Yeah. He said beat. I did beat it. There you go. I did beat it. Uh, it's a it's a game. It is a roguelike game where you enter into these caves and you have to uh, complete these dungeons and beat these bosses. There are randomized levels and, and, and map layouts every time you go in. But once you come out, you get to spend the currencies that you collect and the ingredients and, and uh, crafting items that mm. you collect while you're going off on a mission and spend them on the town of which you are a cult leader. And that means whatever you want it to mean. You, dream. Can, you can you can be a very cruel cult leader. Mm -hmm. You can be a more benevolent cult leader. There are some issues I had with it in the sense that ultimately none of that really matters. Right. The resources that you collect end up mattering less and less. Like I had fully upgraded my town when I still had three major sections to go through. So the last oh. four or five hours of the game that I played, I was barely updating anything with my town. Uh, but I did like that that separation between a city building game and a combat roguelike game right. because it 
informed one another, similar to what we were talking about, where you have, when you have someone you're doing reading with, there's one thing that's kind of pushing you to do more and informing the other thing. And it kind of gives more meaning to it. Like you're being watched and, and, and held accountable for. So my townsfolk were holding me accountable to do well when I was going out in the, in the, in the caves and the dungeons. And then, uh, my townsfolk, when they were happy, would give me benefits when I was going out to do the dungeons, which made me be able to spend more resources on the town folk, which made them happier and do better in the dungeons, et cetera. Like it all felt like it was all playing a role. And I really appreciated that cult of the lamb is a cute game. It's a fun game. It looks unlike many things I've seen before. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend going out and playing it. I think it was uh, it was on sale as, as a result of the video game awards on uh, uh, the PlayStation Store. At least it's like a fifteen twenty dollar game. I'd highly recommend going out and getting that. Oh, there we go. Number six, Call to the Lamb for Mikey. Yeah, my number six. I wonder if it's on your list. Mm. It's going to be Andor. Andrew, unfortunately, it isn't. It's not in your top ten. It was a big struggle for me. I, I'm very happy you have it. Oh my! Because God. I fucking endured this show. <laughs> so say what you say. This what you is in a it. top three TV shows of the year. I cannot say enough good things about Andor, which is the the prequel to uh, Rogue One. Um, you know, it's it's about Cassian Andor, Diego Luna, and his finding towards a resistance and yeah. and, and picking up the fight against the Empire. If Every Star Wars show could be like this. There is nary a uh, star uh, lightsaber. There, there isn't a lightsaber. There in isn't it. a lightsaber. <laughs> and you know what? This is a show that feels absent. This is what I was talking about. Absent of notes. Yeah. Because if there was notes, I bet they would have looked at Tony Gilroy, a very accomplished uh, playwright, screenwriter, director, all these kind of things, and said, "Yeah, in Episode Seven, just show the Death Star being built." Yeah, just, yeah, just, yeah. Just yeah, show yeah, it being yeah, built. Yeah, okay. Yeah, just, yeah. You don't have to do anything. Just show it being built. And he's like, "No." Yeah. You know, and and it actually shows up as like a. a it's uh, it's the post, post credit, credit yeah which is like more of like okay good i'm gonna throw it in now i was cool with that i'm yeah. totally cool yeah. with that and it feels more of like a choice than like just do it because people need to know that yes. this is like part of the star wars yeah thing. this is a spy show and it's a spy show if it could be if 1960s berlin or the star wars thing it's just good because it's good and this is what star wars needs more of just quality writing and good storytelling absent of all the ridiculous uh, crushing weight of story that has come before it. Yeah. And it just, I just can't believe how good this was. The acting is so good oh, all over the place. Oh, fucking hell, yeah. People just pop in, like Andy Serkis pops in for three episodes. Oh, my God. Crushes and then gets the hell out. And like, I can't, uh, Moira, the the mother, I just, the, the speech at the end to rise against the Empire, will, it's like, fucking Macbethian. Like it's, it's just enough to give you tingles. Yeah. And when she's like, she's like, fight the empire. And you're like, yeah, let's yeah. fucking do it. Yeah. You know, I just, I can't say enough good things about the show. I just, I, it really speaks in a really great way about the future of Star Wars. Yeah. Especially in a very unsure time. Uh, Cause I got so excited by the show. I know not a ton of people are watching it. Everyone watched Obi-Wan and then got burned out. Oh man. Um, you know, rightfully so. Cause that show wasn't good. But Andor, please do a favor and watch this show. It is so, so good. It's funny you you bring up the acting because I I said this to you. I can't remember if it was on the podcast or in our real weird life that we actually do Very communicate weird. outside of the podcast yeah. on. Uh, uh, I said, it's strange watching Star Wars, uh, Obi-Wan, sorry, because you realize you're like, man, Ewan McGregor has really nailed Star Wars acting. Mm. He's a great Star Wars actor. The melodrama, the the pomp and circumstance and all that stuff. But Andor made me realize it doesn't need to be that. Mm. It can be this 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 show is more 
is is less a new hope and more Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Like yes. it's it's a totally different thing Absolutely. that just so happens to tie into the Star Wars universe in similar ways to when we saw uh uh, uh you and I talked about on the on the Mushroom Club Doctor Strange, Multiverse mm-hmm. of Madness. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's so different in a lot of ways from a lot of other superhero movies in the Marvel Cinematic yes. Universe that we've seen. And it gives me hope, the fact that you can have a Shang-Chi and a Doctor Strange yes. and a Black Panther. And they're all very different movies where it, it got to the point where you can't say, I don't like comic book movies because right, right, that right. it would be like saying, I don't like animated yeah. movies anymore. Yeah. It's just, it can mean so many different things. And maybe we can now say the same thing about Star Wars movies where I don't like Star Wars movies. Well, what do you mean? Because have you seen Andor? I thought about recommending Andor to my parents because I feel like they would like it, even though it has technically a lot to do with Star Wars. It really can be self-contained. Totally. It is a show that doesn't end on cliffhangers. Yeah. That's the other thing that I just found so impressive. It wasn't like, and then tune in next week to see what happens to Cassie and Andor. Every, it's it's more like three contained movies yes. that are oh, all yeah. subsequently put together. And that's why it's just so expertly written. Like Tony Gilroy is just so good. Like anyone needs to tell that. He wrote the Bourne Identity. He wrote the Bourne movies. He, he's such a good, he's so smart about this kind of stuff. And I just can't say enough good things about how just quality the show is. Yeah. I just, I loved it. I loved every second of it. So can we, can we just, you, you already said it, but we need to, I need to underline what you said with Andy Serkis. Oh, maybe being the best living actor. Oh, like he is, you know, we always see him in like some animated role and he's covered up with, with, well, he's the monkey riding the horse with the AK. Like (laughs) this is, he is, we know that that's a famous role. Exactly. It's a famous role. Um, But him as just a real life human being in Andor, uh, the emotional range that he shows, he is so he's not acting. That's the weirdest thing. Like he just, he just is the character and it, I'm, I'm watching it. Like I can't fucking wait, even though he's kind of deplorable in the beginning of it. I'm like, I can't wait for this guy to be back on screen. But there's a lot of vulnerability in it too. That is so good. I just, yeah. And I just, you know, spoilers aside, I'm not, I'm not ruining anything, but one of the last lines of the show that I think just devastated me was the, was that there's a really great long speech by one character just to keep it open-ended, whatever. But he says, kill me or take me in. Yes. And you're just like, your heart just shatters into a million paces and you're like, holy shit, that's good. And the show ends and you're like, (laughs) it is, it was so fucking good. And Diego Luna is one of those guys who's just become everything he's in. I'm like, just fucking stick it into my veins. This guy's fucking awesome. I know. I'm so, I'm I'm glad we got to talk about this. I'm very glad we got to talk about this. Uh, uh, Number six for me. Number six. Number five for me is, it is, Look, I love horror movies and I love the excuse to watch them, but I hate pop out scares. Mm -hmm. I think there are four or five horror movies I can name that fit into that weird box of amazing with no pop out scares. Yeah. And do you like pop out books? My mom bought me pop out books as a kid that were horror pop out books, and they were, one was called Bodies in the Closet. Uh, and the, the fuck? they were fucking terrifying. And Terrible one was, or, or like bodies under the stairs or something. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, they scared the shit out of me. <laughs> and, uh, uh, this, this was a movie that came out that gave me that for the first time in years, because look, if I can name four or five off the top of my head, great horror movies, that pop out scares. It is very few and far between that. There's a year in which one of these exists. And the one that filled that role this year was barbarian. Mm. Uh, my, my number five choice, number five. one of my, one of my favorite movies of the year. I had such a fucking blast watching this. I've recommended it to everyone with the explicit purpose of saying do not watch this you and i have done a, a spoiler cast on this we did. one on the we mushroom club. so much uh and and i highly recommend that if you didn't hear that over at the mushroom club patreon.com slash retrograde podcast uh that you uh go over and watch it and then subscribe to the patreon hey, and, and listen not, to our spoiler right? cast on it um i think that the i don't want to say too much about it Apart from the fact that it's a generic story, seems hmm. to be a generic story about a woman who is visiting a city uh, in an Airbnb. And when yep. she shows up, there are questions about where she's staying and who she's staying with. Yep. That's all I want to say about it. That's all you want to say. Uh, and and yeah, you know what? I don't even want to get Is Bill Skarsgård in it? I don't know. I don't even know if I'm he is. I'm not telling you. I have no fucking idea if Bill Skarsgård's in it. That's not for me to say. Is he it the clown? <laughs> Is it the clown in this movie? <laughs> That'd be so Is Lou Skywalker in this movie? I don't know. I don't want to say it. Don't want to say it. Uh, just say go it. out and see it. Take my word for it. It's fantastic. It's so good. I really don't want to even talk about it that much because I don't want to ruin anything. There so that go. is my number five pick. So that's your number five. Can you recap 10 to five for me? 10 to five is uh, number 10, Jackass Forever. Number nine, The Passenger. Number eight, uh, by Cormac McCarthy, the book. Uh, number eight, <laughs> number eight, Elden Ring. Number seven, The Rehearsal. Number six, Cult of the Lamb. Number five, Barbarian. That's amazing because we're going to get to number five on my list and we don't have any overlap whatsoever. What a beautiful thing. I feel like. And then top five is all going to be overlap. No, this no. Is, I feel it, like there will be a little overlap, but sure. looking at my list, there's some things I don't think that you're going to have on Fantastic. it. Fantastic. I love that. I think that's more. I think yeah. that's more beautiful. Number 10 was everything everywhere all at once for me. Number nine was Re Reservation Dogs. Number eight was Severance. Number seven was the Blank Check Podcast. Number six was Andor. And number five for me is going to be The Bear. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I think The Bear is the best TV show of the year. You do, eh? I, I really do. I think the acting- Did you like Uncut Gems? Uh, Uncut Gems? Uncut Gems? Yeah, I thought Uncut Gems was so good. Uncut Gems. Okay. I loved Uncut Gems. Yeah. There is, and you know what? That's a very good comparison. Well, just because uh, my sister hated Uncut Gems and loves The Bear. And I'm, I really? asked her, I was like, how is that possible? There is such an underlying tension yes. and building anxiety yeah. in both things. You know, The Bear, it's just, it, what what is really beautiful and what I really loved about putting Andor- <laughs> next to the bear yeah. was that the bear must have had one hundredth of a budget that yes. uh, Andor did. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. It's about the story that you tell. The bear is about a young Michelin star, very high prestigious chef that has to take over his brother's very lowly takeout spot of Chicago beef um, after his passing away. And it's about his discovery of his own self-identity, the sure. people, the many characters of the restaurant that work there, his cousin that is not his cousin, and the many just like different issues about uh, not only being yourself and trying to trying to raise yourself, but have, trying to raise other people around you. You know, this is very much a family kind of thing. And uh, and I found it just to be fascinating. I love the way it's shot. Yeah. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. I think Jeremy Allen White, who plays uh, the, the titular role, the... the the titular bear. The titular, the uh, bear himself. He plays the bear. Uh, no, he, he plays the head chef. Is is so good in this show and so relatable and so incredible. And yes, I have a lot of experience in the hospitality industry, but uh -huh. I, to be perfectly honest, I don't think it matters. I think it's just a really, really good show in which you feel for almost every character. They do that really good thing where you're like, I don't like that guy. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I get it. 
And, you know, and you could go one episode from, you know, not knowing anything to going like cousin, classic cousin. Like, <laughs> oh my God. I just, it's so good. And I really think the star on top of Jerry Mellon White is the, uh, the actress that plays Sydney. I think it's just so good and so heartfelt and you just feel for her because all you're trying to do is try. Sure. And that sometimes is the hardest thing in the world. I thought The Bear is just a beautiful show and I just li literally want to go back so badly and jump right back in again. Let me, let me ask you this. I watched the first episode mm -hmm. and was so stressed out the whole time that I'm like, not worth putting myself through this. It only gets worse. So is it <laughs> not worth watching for me then? If you, if you, if that stresses you out, it stresses me out, but yeah. I find reward in that. Sure. And I think it's the same with you're talking about pop-out scares and other yep. things. Some people like it. Some people don't. Right. And I don't, I don't like pop-out scares. I usually, in the same way, I don't like cringe comedy. I don't like things sure. that make people feel bad. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, I, because I relate to, I emote too much to them. I, I'm too empathetic to that person. Um, this at least has a story where there is ups and downs. It's like a roller coaster. Right. right. Tick, 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 tick. It's very scary. And the down is very scary, but then you're like, oh, that was great. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. at least there's that payoff that makes it feel, there's a certain amount of relief that comes with yeah. it. There's an episode that comes out later. I think it's the second last episode where it's shot all in one one shot. Uh, those always creep me out. Yeah. And not only is that impressive yeah. for a lot of different reasons, That's it's like shooting a play, sure. you know, uh, things. But when you, restaurant settings uh, are very high tension. And I think it's much like why medical dramas, cough dramas, sure. and, you know, firefighting and all that kind of stuff work really well because stakes are so high. Right. Right. And I think well, there's stakes a literally in the case of the right. They're piling up steaks. Piling up steaks. <laughs> we got to cook all these steaks. Who's going to eat these steaks if we don't cook them in time? God, they're 20 high at this point. <laughs> um, and there's a, there's an episode where the chits just keep printing. And I don't think you need to understand what it means to go. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my yeah, God, yeah, oh my yeah, God. yeah. 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 And, uh, and I just, I really do think it's one of the most beautiful shows. It's one of the most surprising shows of the year because it wasn't on anyone's list yeah. before the year. Yeah. And then you watch 10 seconds of it and you go, oh, this is good, isn't it? Oh yeah. my God, this yeah. is like quality. It's my favorite TV show of the year and it's only gonna come at number five for lots of reasons, which I'll explain later. But number five, I'm so glad. And one of my favorite things, The Bear. I feel like I need to give it a shot again because uh, I did like Uncut Gems and I, yeah. I can deal with the stress, but I, I think it's just it's tough to come home after a long day of work or or, or to try to relax by watching something stressful. But, yeah. but I, you I, know what, so, some people like the like uh, mundanity of life and then going like, I'm gonna get shocked in the nipples by this show. Like, I'm just gonna be like, let's go, I'm yes. gonna feel something, yeah. you know? Uh, there's a certain amount of that. And I think you, and I think a lot of people at home, like if you like Spockets, you like quality, obviously. Of course. Can be absolutely- Well, half quality. Yeah. Which half? Up to you. Uh, <laughs> it can be mystified by quality and just going like, oh my God, this is just a really well-made show. Yeah. And and I think that part of it is just really good. So yeah, The Bear is number five for me. I like that I'm, so I'm looking at my number four. Okay, and here we go. I'm looking at my number four and my number three and I'm very much considering- A little swaparoo? A little swaparoo. A little swaparoo, classic swaparoo. But- You're not gonna do it. You're gonna stay strong. I'm, oh fuck, this is hard. I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna swap. You're gonna swap? My, oh my God, he's gonna swap. My number four, and you'll find out in my number three what, what the swap was. Uh, my number four is going to be a video game that I played. Uh, and this is my game of the year. Uh, I played and beat. I know, I see you looking at me. Whoa. But this is my game of the year. Played and beat. Um, and it's not stray. <laughs> I see, I see you looking at me there. Oh my God. It's if not you, stray. If stray came up, I'd be like, Mikey, I, I disagree. I think stray, I, I would definitely not have an issue with stray being on someone's top 10 thing, top 10 list. 
of the year. I think Stray was good. I think Stray was good. Okay. But this is not Stray. <laughs> this is the case of the Golden Idol. Oh, really? And I talked about this on the podcast before. I played it on, played it on my Steam Deck, my favorite gaming console. Uh, and I... Fuck you, PS5. Look, I love my PS5. Honestly, not as much as how Steam about, Deck. How, not as much as my Steam Deck, no. But like, how about the era that we're in right now? Yeah. Between the Nintendo Switch, the Steam Deck, the PS5, gaming is great yeah. in terms of hardware. Why wow, the Oculus or the, the MetaQuest, whatever the whatever fuck you call it now. Cares, yeah. Gaming hardware yeah. is great. It's yeah. great. But the case of the Golden Idol, I I can't remember which episode it was of the podcast, but I basically talked about it for 10 minutes uninterrupted straight on it because I couldn't get enough of it. Uh, this is about a six or seven hour game that, I, and I'll explain the plot in a little bit, but I beat it in a day and a half, like okay. maybe less than 24, yeah. actually definitely less than 24 hours. Wow, that's which impressive. I cannot remember the last time I played Especially that much you. of a video game. <laughs> in, in No, no, you're 100% right. Like yeah. I, I was... I felt sick that I played that much in less than 24 hours. I was embarrassed. I was like, is it was, there someone reading on your couch going like, your book is getting cold. <laughs> your book's getting cold. You have to eat your book, Mikey. <laughs> I am uh, so many pages ahead of you. <laughs> don't think I didn't think about that. Um, the the uh, the case- Cormac McCarthy's not getting any younger, he's guys. Not, he's not. God, he's, I might kill him by playing the video game. <laughs> If I did, I'd feel so bad. Yeah, well, yeah, the book's on your hands. No, I wouldn't because the the person, I I, I I should have had the name. No, not the person who made this game. Uh, I, I I don't have his name right now, but it's a kind of a, a one-person show sure. who who made the the case of the Golden Idol. And Oberdin as well, right? Uh, no, Lucas Pope, the guy who made Oberdin, signed off on this game. Basically, oh. blessed this track, as they say in the rap industry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to put words in Lucas's Pope mouth. Lucas's Pope? Lucas's Pope mouth? Uh, that sounds general, like a slur of some general. Sort. I, I tried my best to be nice. Shut there, your dude. Pope mouth. Yeah, honestly, I should shut my Pope mouth. <laughs> um, oh, so boy. basically the premise is you're unraveling a mystery and you do so in the uh, in a succession of tableaus. Yeah. The tableaus depict something happening. Usually it's a death or a crime and you have to determine what happened by filling out the what I can describe, what I, what I the, the best way to describe is, is a Mad Lib. Okay. Where you have to fill out nouns, adjectives and names, stuff, stuff like that in the in the the mad lib and you pick up the the tools or the the words to use by investigating the landscape of the tableau that right. you're looking at so if you look at a name tag and it says someone's name now you have that person's name to put somewhere in the tableau the tableau could be ronald uh uh was and then you feel in jealous of this person so ronald killed but all this stuff and it tells you the story of what's happening in the tableau. And the interesting thing about it is because of the way that it is essentially just a logic puzzle, like you've done logic yes, puzzles, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Through process of elimination, you figure out what's happening in the mystery because of a logical uh, 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 kind of like structure, structure, I, I, Basically, because only one word can fit in a certain place, okay. because it because it can't be this person, it can't be this person, it can't be this right. person. So it has to be this person. Sequence of elimination. Yeah, yeah. yeah process yeah, of elimination. Yeah. Not because you necessarily intuited who did what or what their intentions were. Through process of elimination okay. elsewhere, you figure out what has happened in the mystery 
And that tells you the story of what's going on. There's a thread of narrative through all of the different levels. Mm. Each of the levels are a tableau. It is just such a fucking brilliant game. I've never played anything like it. And it's amazing at 33 years old and I've been gaming my whole life to play ladies. something that is unlike ladies, unlike <laughs> anything I've ever played before. That's and, so cool. and, and, and I'm so happy that I got the experience of playing it. I highly recommend anyone out there go and do the same. Oh, that's so cool. That's awesome. Number four, your favorite things of the year, eh? Is, is Curse of the wow, Golden Idol. that's amazing. Or well, Case of the Golden Idol. Yeah, I just want to be clear about that. <laughs> did you make that mistake earlier? I did on Sorry. the on the podcast uh, that we recorded a few weeks ago. I kept calling it the Curse of the Golden Idol, and it's not. It's the Case yeah. of the Golden Idol. That's your own personal curse that you're carrying. I have several. Mm-hmm. I carry them all. Mm-hmm. Um, my doctor keeps saying gonorrhea is not a curse. Yeah, your doctor says that. Uh Yes. Okay. Yeah, my doctor. Not he, my doctor. He emails me all the time. Oh, yeah? Subject line. Gonorrhea is not a curse. <laughs> Every time he ships medication to you, it says gonorrhea is not a curse. <laughs> all over the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is also something. It is a curse that, to yeah, the but, box. Yeah, yeah well, there you go. Uh, my number four is also a video game. Okay. Uh, my number four is going to be... Boy. Ooh. God of War. Ragnarok. Ragnarok right. is upon us. I really love this game. I, Amazing. It's just, it's truly a special game. It's not only that the graphics are incredible. It's not only that the depth and the storytelling and the, you know, the, uh, the amount of uh, detail that you can get into it. It's that the story is really good. And if anyone, if you listen at home and if you're listening for a while, first of all, thank you. But second <laughs> of all, that you know I get into video games because I like the story. Sure. If I could feel invested one way or another into characters or feel intrigued in any way to find out where the story is going to go, yep. that is the game that I will be staying with for a long time and will be staying with me for a long time. Sure. This is one of those games where, where I disconnected from the original God of War and by original God of War, I mean the last God of War because uh, it feels like they're in two different lives. 2018, uh, yeah. 2018, thank you. Uh, is that the storytelling felt a little silly to me. I just, I couldn't get past Kratos's like Vin Diesel-esque character yeah, yeah. and this distance he created, even though, you know, I think there is a certain realistic element to fathers being distant to their sons sure. uh, as they learn and fail and, you know, grow into the person they're going to be. But in this one, I think the introduction of many other characters helping his process along and 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 the son also having much more of a character and a life to himself colors this world in a, in a much more interesting place right? and makes you want to find out what is going to happen. And even though this is kind of like, you know, I'm going to say like White Lotus, I, we're, we're doing this before the finale. Yeah. It'd be tough to put White Lotus on there before the finale happens, right? Because right? you're like, well, this could really fuck it up, yeah. you know? Um, I haven't finished this game. I am one hour sure. technically away sure. from the finish of this game. I am comfortable enough to saying this. this is absolutely one of my favorite games. Not only of this year, of the last couple of years. Amazing. I really love this game. I love hearing that. I haven't played it yet. I made a promise to myself to finish Elden Ring before I started playing God of War. What I, are the promises to yourself you made? Like, uh, don't have do sex before the, marriage. Oh, boy. Um, also, I can't have sex before marriage because no one wants to. Right. Um, That's also an issue. That is also an issue, which is makes it really weird that my doctor keeps telling me I have gonorrhea because that's, I don't know how, how it got there. I don't know how it got there. He's like, and, and he always says like, it's definitely not for me. It's, he, he does. He always follows up going like, you have gonorrhea. It's definitely not for me. Yeah, which is weird because I always tell him he should wash his hands and he always says he doesn't have to because yeah. doctors are clean. Yeah, he always goes, we're out of gloves again this week. <laughs> well, that's weird. Again? The doctor's well, office. The weirdest thing too is he's always giving me a back massage while he's checking my prostate. 
Which is strange. I need you to relax. Why don't I give you a back rub while I do this? <laughs> Spits into his hands. Oh my yes. God. Oh God Jesus. Jesus Christ. Um, I also love the fact that you bring up God of War and that's the one thing on our list that we don't need to describe plot or anything for. It's like, everyone's like, yeah, we know. We get it. Same yeah. with Elden Ring, I guess. When it's, no, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. These, yeah. Are, these are based on the Game Awards too. These are the yeah. two biggest games of the year. And uh, Christopher Judge winning best performance as Kratos. Yeah, okay. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. I know, I know. I'm I'm definitely People in the minority People will hate you one. for saying I that. I know, I know. I don't really get it, to be perfectly honest. And I think there is a, I don't know. I think, well, now, now I'm just like uh, submarining my own pick at number four. But I think they're, they did a good job of understanding what Kratos does and what uh, function he can serve. Sure. So they surround him with so many colorful characters uh-huh. to try and offset that. That's, be- yes. Because he's so one note. And right. so like, well, we need some good actors to act against him then. Because uh, the guy that plays Thor is incredible. Uh, Richard Schiff that plays Odin's incredible. Even, even, even Boy is so good. You know what I mean? And it's it just, I really think it's a really good job. I just, I don't ever walk away going like, you know who's really good? That Kratos guy. Oh my I, God. I think it's just a... It feels like video gaming in its infancy to just look at an iconic character and say that's a good performance because yeah. I agree. I think that he is so one note yeah. that if that were to, if that character were to be in a movie, you'd be like, there's no way that wins an Oscar. There's no, no fucking way that Richard Schiff, maybe. Maybe, because he's like doing everything. Right, Like right. he's being vulnerable, he's being yes. powerful, he's doing everything. And then to be perfectly honest, I'm not like taking a shot at Kratos because I don't think it's a failure on his part. I just think he's doing that role that he's been doing for you right. know 20 something years. Sure. And he needs to be consistent. That's great. Well, video games have evolved and now you need other things to bounce off of. Uh, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I'll have more to say on it when I do play God of War. Maybe Can't we'll wait. do maybe we'll do a, uh, a spoiler cast over on the uh, the Mushroom Club once I, I do. It's, it's, it's going to be, so in 2027, yep. uh, yeah, yeah, we'll get be to it. 68 years old. I'll beat old. it just before God of War 3 comes out. <laughs> God of War Egypt comes out or whatever <laughs> the fuck. Um, so number three, number three for me is what I had swapped with the case of the oh, golden wow. idol. And the more I look at it, the more happy I am that I did it. Uh, it is what I would call the end of an era. It is the representation of, uh, uh, something that has been building up for the last 20 years. Who the, how, no, no, 15 years or so. Something like that finally came to an end and did it with such grace uh, I think that the final episodes of this TV show were some we're of the best. We're going to be talking about this later. Better Call Saul. Yes. Yeah. So we'll, we're going to be talking we'll about this. We'll be talking later. about this. Okay. So so it's on Andrew's list, and we will. Uh, I will. I will seed my time until it comes up on. Isn't yours. that incredible? That's the first thing that we is. That is kind of wild. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good job by us. Number three is a movie that the further I get away from, man, is this my favorite movie of the year? Nope. Jordan Peele's Nope. Oh, I, wow, okay. So when I saw it, I did the same thing that most people did. Where sure. I went, wow, yeah, what a movie. Yep. Like visual, visually, one of the most spectacular movies I, I've been to in a very, very long time. And yet the story was like very, you know, all kind of all over the place. And I and I mean that kind of affectionately, where you walk away going like, whoa, okay, wait, ooh, hmm, hmm. Yeah, there was a lot going on. I needed some time to think about, what does the chimp have to do? <laughs> what the hell? Even though that was super affecting and terrifying yeah. uh you're kind of like well how does that fit into the overall story and the more that i've gotten away from that movie when i saw it in i think the summer i think july or something like that uh the more that i'm sitting here and seeing all these award movies that come out kind of in the later yep. fall into early winter you can talk about tar you can talk about the families and all these kind of stuff and banshee's been sharon and you're like man was that the best movie i saw this year huh. honestly i think it might and i just in what i want to talk about with my favorite things is man one of my favorite things is just jordan peele and studios going, hey, you make movies, 
what do you want to do? Sure. Here's $80 million. Make a movie for mm-hmm. us. And this was the biggest budget. And to be honest, it will be the lowest uh, domestic box office income. But to be perfectly honest, I could care less about that. That's not me. It's not my money. I'm just super glad that they're making movies that he wants to make that are super involved and super detailed. Nope, if you haven't seen it, is about... Hmm, how do you go from here? <laughs> nope is about aliens. Yes. And it is about people that can see aliens where others cannot. And it's the the humans fight against a certain uh a certain outside force that they uh that they try and both capture on film and that they both try and fight against. It it's about a group that feels marginalized, alienated, and taken advantage of fighting against a an alienated group that is being marginalized, taken advantage of, and shown off. Mikey, yes, that is so much better than I said. Mikey's is a hundred percent correct. That is really good. Yeah, that is Thank exactly you. it. I know, honestly, and it's which just, which calls into question. Uh, you know what? Actually, I'm not going to say that. Yeah, no. Okay, no, never mind. It is filled with a tremendous amount of performances. No, you know, like Kiki Palmer is really good in yep. this and very very charming. Uh, you know, I I just I I really just Jordan. Jordan Peele does a really good job of putting cameras on people that try that are very charismatic. Yes. And then are charismatic on camera. And it is hard to escape not only the 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 subtext, but the overtext of what they're trying to do. And I just think it's like every time that they try and create a horror movie, which by the way, horror movies forever, since the existence of horror movies, have always been this like subversion of like, yeah, this is the monster, but right. what is the monster? Sure. You're like, sure. oh, okay, cool. So to do to like turn it around and be like, you know, oh, he's just trying to create a modern thing. Like, no, that's always been horror movies. Yes, and, yeah. And sometimes the less subtle, the better when it comes to this kind of stuff. Yeah, I think so. And honestly, because it, I don't care if you're hitting me over the head, you're not hitting me over the head because there's real stories and real horrors that people can face. And I just think Nope uh, faces those in like an incredible way. Yeah, I, I agree. Nope was fantastic. It, it didn't make my list, but I have a healthy appreciation for it. It, it was it was a great movie. Did you see the video of Jordan Peele talking about how he cast the IT specialist guy in his, like the the, the guy oh, who sets up the camera? I saw the video because they show him receiving the yes, news. That's that's the video I'm talking it about. It is adorable. It's adorable. Oh and my he, God. It, he came out of nowhere, this this actor. I don't, I've never seen him in anything before. No. I don't know if he was in anything before. No. Uh, but he, if I, I wouldn't even know how to describe to look up the video. But basically one character receives news of being cast in a role. And it's basically Jordan Peele saying, hey, look, the reading you gave of this character was really good. But if I went that way, I'd have to rewrite the whole script because it doesn't work with the way. And the guy's like, oh, okay. And Jordan Peele says, so I'm going to rewrite the whole script. And the guy says, oh, cool. Okay, cool, cool. Not realizing, Not realizing what he means. Yes, he's like, so that means you have the role. And he's like, oh shit. Oh fuck. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he's yeah. the third lead of the movie. Yes. Like yeah. it's, it's truly incredible. And I will just like a big shout out. The other video that, you know, maybe we'll find these videos and post them. Sure. I think it's kind of cute. But uh, who is the cinematographer for this, who is usually Christopher Nolan's cinematographer oh, okay. for IMAX. So they shot this entirely oh, nice. for nice. IMAX. And so the, there's a really cute video and it actually happens at TIFF, which is our local uh, film festival. Uh, is they local t- Toronto. Yeah, local Toronto, yeah, yeah. local to us. Um, is they talk about the camera that they invented to shoot this thing. No way. And it's like, it's, it it's, Hotema is like this Scandinavian guy in like a scarf and a blazer. And he's like, yeah, so we invented, it's a double frame. <laughs> and you're like, it's cool. But Jordan Peele sitting next to him, he's like, yeah, we did that. Like, like, <laughs> it's such a good, like bouncing back of like, Jordan Peele's so serious about filmmaking. Yeah. He's so good at it. And then he looks at a guy who's basically a scientist and he's like, 
Yeah, hundred percent. We did that. <laughs> like, like, it's so charming and so wonderful, and the visuals of this movie are staggering, like, amazing, so good. So number three, it, for it me. is it is very good. I'm glad it's shown up again because I I, I was hoping for an excuse to talk about it. Yeah, and, there we which go. I just got uh, my number two. Then uh, is going to be a. It was a reminder which I needed, and it came at a time that I wasn't sure. I thought that I had kind of lost a part of myself when it came to my ability to love movies. And this came at a time when I, I I needed to remember what loving movies felt like. You and I saw this together. It was Top Gun Maverick. Two. There it's you go. It's my Fuck yes. Two. I'm yes. so happy. I was getting worried when you were, you were <laughs> slating things in because I didn't know if this was going to end up so high on your list. I was like, tell me you didn't neglect Top Gun Maverick. No, absolutely not. It took everything inside of me not to make it number one. And to same, be honest. Same with me. Uh, this is, the the emotions we're feeling right now. Yes. This thing is exactly Top Gun yes. Maverick. It's happiness. And you know what's so funny? It got re-released in December back in mm -hmm. the theaters. And the trailer, or not the trailer, the poster, excuse me, is like, come experience movies in theaters. It doesn't even say the title of the movie. And it's, you know what? I will say, Tom Cruise took a bet that yep. uh, they were like, here, here's $300 million. Can we put it on Paramount Plus? And he's like, no. Yes. And guess what? It was one of the first movies we saw back in theaters. It's, yeah, yeah. And is singularly will be, you know, up there with like Endgame and a few other things will be a singular theater experience I will remember. God, for the it wasn't, wasn't one of the first movies. I saw Ghostbusters. I saw Dune. I saw... Doctor Strange. There were a few movies before that. Before Doctor Strange, though. I don't think we? so. No, no, I don't think so. Oh, okay. There were there were five or six movies I think that I saw Whoa. before before Maverick. Yeah, you're just bragging because I don't care about know. COVID. Yeah, I'm I know. Just... Well, it doesn't exist, but is uh, it's it, it just is one of the most singular uh singularly uh, cinematic experience I'll remember for the rest of my life. Yeah, I yeah. just remember being there. I remember coming out of there, and we're all like running, like yes, just, like running and pushing each other, like oh my god, can you believe this? Can you believe that? I just had so much fun in this. Yes, it's just near. It's just nearly perfect. It's so self aware. Yeah, in a way that a lot of movies aren't. It's not trying to be anything that it isn't. It it knows it it. It's like the when they were filming it and storyboarding it and going through script notes, they just had a poster up on a whiteboard that said "fuck yeah" and was circled three times, 100%. and it's like you—that's the feeling we need for the whole movie. And they somehow hold it up. We saw my brother was with us and we were watching it, and he said at one point, you know, John Hamm is the is the guy who's kind of like tugging on the the leash of Tom yeah, Cruise. He's the stickler. In this. He's the stickler, and. And he said something at one point and my brother goes, oh, fuck you. And everyone kind of like cheers in the theater. And I was like, man, this is the experience that I haven't had in a very long time. Yeah. Um, and if it weren't for this movie, I think Barbarian in my mind would be higher on oh, the list. Okay. Because uh, uh, that experience I had with Barbarian was similar in a way. You know, it was yeah. a very active audience in a way that sometimes I really don't want. But man, Top Gun Maverick was just pitch perfect. It really is. It's, you know, we're talking about a classic movie that came out, you know, almost 40 years before it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's at 35 years before it. And this is better than the original. It is. It definitely and is. And it's just, there's no way around it. It's so self-aware of what it's trying to do. It's so one note of trying to what it's trying to hit. And then at times also does things that you're like, wait, how did they do that? Yeah. Because it's a movie with very little CGI in it. Yeah. So now they're just doing real stuff and you're like, the... You know, if 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 the bear is the anxiety you don't want to have, yeah, this is the anxiety where you're gripping one hundred percent, yeah, and you're like leaning back like the pilot is and going, "Oh my god!" You know, it's so good, it's so much fun, and it's an experience that I wish I could relive many, many times. Yeah, see like that movie again with friends and all get so excited about. Did it. you do that thing that uh, fighter pilot jets do when they're about when they're when they're facing like seven Gs or they go? <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I did that a bunch. I was doing that the whole movie. Well, their lungs are struggling to fill back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my God. You do that thing where your head, it's kind of like when you're like racing on Mario Kart or something like that uh -huh. and your head, head starts tilting with the controller. Yeah, just, and you're like, come on, I need yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah, more yeah, juice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're doing that with a movie of like, do a little higher. Okay, yeah. there we go. Thank God. And just like everything about it, like Jennifer Connelly. Oh man. First of all, Jennifer Connelly. Hey, Jennifer. Oh boy. Hello. Just, <laughs> drives that Porsche. Uh, it sails that boat. Sails that boat. <laughs> owns that bar. Holy shit. <laughs> just the perfect woman in the world. But it's also that you feel like she's been living in that world the whole time. You just found her. You're yeah. like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 she's yeah, real. Yeah. It's yeah, just, yeah, we're yeah, just yeah, seeing yeah. her data. Yeah. And it is funny that like, you know, between the, the villains of the movie, which is an unnamed country with an unnamed uh, language. Which and, a lot of people didn't like. And I thought, perfect. Why name them? I guess it's some weird like fairy tale that we live in where it's like, nobody will actually die. You're like, yes. oh, okay, cool, yeah, awesome. Yeah, 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 exactly. And Jennifer Connelly exists. You're like, oh, okay, sounds good, I guess. <laughs> uh, and their chaste sex scene where like, I guess, I guess I'll take off my top. <laughs> that's that's her sex scene. I'm not wearing a top now. Uh, to me, the sex scene was football on the beach. <laughs> that was the sex scene in the sex movie. Sex scene is the ridiculous unnamed football thing where they're going two ways and I can't make heads or tails yeah. of what the hell's going on. It's not actually and John Ham probably is more upset, not only because they're uh, they're like not training, but it's like, what is this game? And they're like, it's touchdowns <laughs> both ways. He goes, no, that's not the way football's played. I hate this. <laughs> Uh, what a great movie. Love that movie. Incredible. Um, I had to be high on our favorites list. Of all the things we're talking about, our favorite things, this was one of my favorite things. It was year. it was hard for me not to make it number one. Yes. Um, but I think ultimately I went, because this is my my number one. I'll number one. Now. Uh, ultimately, I, I flipped this and Top Gun Maverick back and forth four or five times oh, wow. when I kept revisiting this list. But ultimately, I think I needed to leave number one with the soundtrack of my year, basically. A, 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 an album that uh, you know, I haven't had music on this list yet that kind of informed my entire mm. year. I listened to a shit ton of it. It topped my Spotify wrapped. It's from my favorite artist and it's uh, Bronco, the new album from Orville Peck. Oh uh, Orville Peck is an artist who is actually from Toronto, yep. but he tours almost primarily in Nashville. He's, he bases himself out of Nashville now, but he tours worldwide. He's a country artist. He's a, he's a country artist, but he's almost commenting on the genre itself in a similar way to how Tim and Eric used to like make fun of certain things, not make fun of, but comment on certain mm. things by performing those things better. Like they had a commentary episode on MTV and the way MTV shot their, their films and the tone of, of what MTV took. And in order to do so, they filmed an episode of what would have been a great MTV show and mm -hmm. they did it pitch perfect to that. And I think Orville Peck does the same thing with country music and brings it in a in a way that's more modern and seems to be uh, 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 speaking to a, a group that country music typically doesn't. Uh, he features a lot of uh, uh, gay and trans people in, in the music yeah. videos, has them singing on some of his tracks, and he seems like he's allowing for space and voices of of of, of those those people to to kind of. Uh, 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 comment on on the genre or the area in which they're growing up in. Sure. A lot of his 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 songs are directly about those stories, and uh, and whether you're reading into it or not, the music itself is phenomenal. It's and really and I I listen to hundreds of hours of it probably uh, throughout the course of my year. Orville Peck's Bronco was hard not to be number one for me. Well, there we go, number one for Mikey of his favorite things of the year. That's so exciting. My number one, something we've already talked about. Oh yeah. Could be Better Call Saul. Better season Call Season six. Season six of Better Call Saul. You know, 
was this my favorite TV show of the year? Well, I've already told you the bear was. Why uh-huh. is this my number one favorite thing of the year? And it's because it staggers me in its achievement of not only creating a sequel to a TV show that was very beloved yes. and people believe is one of the best TV shows of the 20th century. In Breaking Bad. In Breaking Bad, but is that they could somehow live up to those expectations and in a lot of ways exceed it. Yeah. To create a character like Jimmy McGill or Gene uh, T- Takovich. Uh, Tarkovich. Tarkovich, well, who was yeah. his last one? I was yeah, trying to yeah, be yeah, smart yeah. about it. Yeah. And, and like, and someone that is so charming, but so horrible at the exact same time, and to see the rise and the fall of one human being. Yeah. I just think it's just a monumental achievement of television. And somehow that the last season was not some afterthought of like, and now we need to wrap it up because now it's Breaking Bad, which in a lot of ways it is. Right. But to be its own achievement in, in its own right, that I, was so captivating, so interesting, and to exceed well past Breaking Bad and seeing the, the downfall of Jimmy McGill. I just... Absolutely loved every second of this. It it was a downfall in some ways. Well, yeah. But it was also a realization of who he was in a lot of ways. And I think we did a we did a spoiler cast of Better Call Saul. Yes. So I don't want to get into the plot too much because there's probably a lot of people listening who haven't oh, okay. finished. Um, I'm so jealous of you. Please go watch that show. Seriously. Oh my God. And and the one thing I will say about it is the first two or three seasons, I remember being good but not really drawing me in. And then all of a sudden, and the same thing to be honest happened with Breaking Bad as well, where I just kind of blinked and I was like, holy shit, I'm really into this. And that wasn't until about season four or so. Uh, uh, But holy shit, that ride, I got like very emotional at the end of of Better Call Saul season six, not even because of the context of the ending. It was the context of what Better Call Saul means in my life. Mm -hmm. I've known similar to Mass Effect when I I talk about all the time, you know, I I played those games for eight years or so and got to know all the characters and all of a sudden Mass Effect three ends and I'm saying goodbye for my friends to uh, to my friends for the last time. And, And it felt that way. In Breaking Bad as well, I was thinking, I was like, man, where was I when I first watched Breaking Bad? And I remember I was at my desk in university watching it at my computer because that's just what I did in university. And how far I've come, how far the characters have come, the crazy interwoven tales that have been told. Yeah. It's so much more than just a season of television that we're talking about right now. It's it's 15 years worth of of stories. It's a world yeah. in which you lived in for a very long time. Yeah. And that world is now going to cease to exist. But, uh, you know, what I really loved about Andor is the same reason why I loved re- really loved about Better Call Saul was that he did whole seasons where I'm like, oh, remember when they were building the factory with the Germans? Right. And then they did that whole thing. Right. And you're like, oh, it just feels like such a footnote in right. this long history. But in the moment, oh, my God, felt so good. Yeah. And I will say the last season, really specifically what was one of my favorite things for 2022 is just like, the way it ended, and I'm not going to get too much into it, please, yes, follow us on Mushroom Club to listen to our uh, final thoughts on it. But some of the cinematic choices, some of the shots they chose, it's just heartbreaking. Yeah. Just, just, just gets you right in your stomach. And you're like, oh, man. Especially the way that they've created the relationships that they have. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, what I think is what you could take home from yourself is living with the decisions that you make. Yep. You, we all make decisions for lots of different reasons. Some of them for success or to be selfish or whatever. You have to live with the consequences of those decisions. Most of us do. And seeing Jimmy having to live with certain amounts of consequences is like a heartbreaking and wonderful thing at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. I it, they, they so easily could have known the burden that they were carrying coming into season six yeah. and not taken a big swing and just said like, you know, when you're when you're two goals ahead in a hockey game and you just kind of sit back and make sure you win the game and that's the only goal. But they're like, no, 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 no. 
we're taking it to them. We're, yeah. we're, we're not sitting back three goals to one. We're going to, we're going to go for four more and we're going to try to knock this one out of the park to mix my metaphors. Yeah, nice. um, uh, and they do, they take big swings and they, they really go for it. Yeah. And they score a touchdown and it, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> no, there's a really good interview with Peter Gould. Uh, and I remember listening to it three episodes to go. Uh, in the final season. And he's one of the producers with Vince Gilligan that kind of helped create the whole show and yeah. create the narrative and uh, the storyline. And the uh, interviewer was asking about the last three shows and he kind of smiles and he goes, oh, you guys got a lot ahead of you. That's gonna be so much fun. Uh. <laughs> and he said, and like, what a thing to say while you're creating the show is not like, hope you guys like it or yeah, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. But to smile and have so much confidence go like, oh, you guys are, I'm, this is gonna be great. Yeah. You're gonna love it's it. It's amazing. I love that. And you know what? It shows. It was just such a great show and it's just a monumental achievement of almost a decade and a half of, yeah. uh, of television. So uh, Better Call Saul, number one of my favorite things. It's funny because the reason why it wasn't number one for me is kind of because I felt like it was drawing on so much of my experiences from past years. Yeah. And I was like, is it fair to give it that much weight? And I understand why you would. Yep. And I also though kind of thought, well, wouldn't it be nice to have things that sort of stand on their own in the year? But I, this very easily, very easily could have been my number one pick as well. There we go. Yeah. Okay. So those are our top tens of our favorite things of the year. Yeah. That was fun. That was so much fun. I love doing this. Yeah. Is there any highlights you want to make of things that you uh, missed or not? I mean, we've got to mention a couple things. Okay, we got to keep it. We got to keep it light because I think the I think the the appeal of purposely choosing what you choose and leaving off uh, leaving off what you leave is yeah. is, is is big. Uh, one thing that I that I have to say, and you mentioned it during uh, one of your your statements, is okay. uh, the White Lotus season two. Yeah. It's not over yet. No, it's somehow better than season one well, so far. It is over, by the way. By the by, time, by the time this comes yeah. out, yes, yeah. But uh, it was man, so far, what, also, what a treat. Better than season one. That's uh, somehow, somehow it's better than and season I one. Don't, you're right. And season one is phenomenal. But yeah. it's one of the shows that we were kind of talking about. Then how is this better than season one? And it yeah. is. Yeah, it is. It's fantastic. I had to bring that one up. I felt almost sick not putting it on my list. And I've already said my my you know things that I wanted on my list that you've already stated, yeah. but White Lotus season two is, is one of the ones that I really <sighs> want to highlight. Okay. I don't know how, how, okay. I got, this is like, this is just, this is terrible. It's like Sophie's choice. Uh, <laughs> That's an easy choice. We've, we've been over this a thousand times. Well, okay. So it's Sophie's like a, choice is easy. It's like the, a harder Sophie's choice. Yeah. Much uh, harder Sophie's choice. Sophie's second choice. <laughs> uh, oh my God. I don't know what to do here. Um, okay. Uh, Barry. Barry, oh, Barry would have been close to my top five. Season three? Season, season, I don't know, why are we trying to guess? I think it's season three, isn't the it? The most recent season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think this is the opposite of recency bias. Where yes, that's very true. It just came out early in the year, and now I walk away from it. But God, that final season, the final episode, excuse me. Holy God, is that breathtaking. Yeah. It's so good. I can't believe that Barry, um, and I also want to talk about We Own the City. Uh, Davis oh, Simons. Yeah. Th that one did not have the, really? I liked it. I liked oh. it, but it didn't have the effect that it did. I, I remember you loving it. Loved it. But it didn't, didn't do the same it. for me. Well, yeah. well, okay, before I explain how excited I am, to, please don't shit on it. It's, but, it's uh, okay. No, like, no, no, I just, no, no. I let me explain how excited have... I am about it. No, you can, okay, but well, I just want our listener to know that like, it's not, just take it with a grain of salt. What? It's Are Wayne Jenkins day, baby. It's, Use, um, okay, uh, what we do in the shadows, uh, an incredible yeah. season, really good. Uh, Abbott Elementary continues to be an incredible sitcom when there's no what other is? sitcoms. 
Abbott Elementary? Don't know it. Oh, it's really good. Really? But it's a sitcom, and it's so good, and when shows should not be that good. So, okay. yeah, that's fair. Okay, that's it. I'm going to, uh, industry's really good, too. Okay, that's it. Okay. Industry. Yes. Uh, okay, let me look through. Look, okay, one that that I'm I'm surprised wasn't on the list, and I think a lot of people are probably surprised weren't wasn't on the list, is Overwatch 2. Um, Ooh, uh, let's talk uh, a very, about it. a very notable omission, yeah. which I, I still play. I still have some enjoyment in. Mm-hmm. I just put a bonus episode up on our Patreon where I play through, uh, you know, four matches or so and, and yep. film myself while doing it. It's a good game. I don't love it as much as I've loved Overwatch one, uh, but I've still spent a ton of time with it. And that's probably ultimately why it doesn't make the list. I feel like I've just said everything I can say about that game. And yeah. I don't think it did enough to innovate with Overwatch two to justify being on my top 10 list how close was house of dragon to getting on your list it wasn't that close Me to be either. honest okay good okay i enjoyed it but it wasn't it wasn't quite there uh honestly though stray we mentioned it was close to being on my list because i did want to balance it with games movies television mm-hmm. and stray was just a very fun adventure game uh uh in a perfect amount of time for an adventure game of that kind uh mm-hmm. I, I just really enjoyed it okay well i respect that decision i'm not gonna shit on it <laughs> uh Lots of spooky, slow horses. Um, okay, uh, Crimes of the Future, uh, sure. David Cronenberg's movie, I yeah. thought was really, really interesting. And I also think Banshee's even a sheer in uh, the movie. Still have to see that Brendan one. Brendan Gleeson, yeah. Colin Farrell. Really, really good. So, man, so many more. I almost chose Fortnite again because I'm like, man, what pleasure this right. g- game gives me. This right. is incredible. But I think I did it last year, so I didn't want to double up. That's fair. And I, I mentioned it earlier, not in the context of this list, but in the context of the video game awards. Vampire Survivors is up there for game of the year. Yeah. Should be. It's yeah. a fantastic game, even though it is very simple. I don't think that should be a detriment to uh, uh, it potentially being game of the year, but that was one that was hard for me to keep off yeah. the list as well. I'm not going to bore everybody. I think I'm going to release my top 10 movies, uh, games, and TV shows nice. on Twitter. Okay, I think I'm going to do a little thread, top 10 shows, and I'll just go down from there and a little description, stuff like that, what I really like about it, because I don't want to bore you right now. But there's so much good stuff out there. And the only reason we want to do this kind of stuff is because we want to share what, what gave us joy this year. Yep. We want to share it to you guys and make sure that you guys have fun with it as well. Definitely. And we have some fun planned uh, for the uh, uh, for the end of, of this year. We So uh-huh. <laughs> we always do a, or we at least try always to do a Century Club to cap off the year. Yes. Um, uh, we're going to be recording that pretty soon. Uh, uh, yes, that we, it's, it, we We You do it as a countdown to the end of the year. So, so 100 yeah. shots of beer for 100 minutes. And so an hour and 40 minutes before midnight. Yes. We are going to start the Century Club so that we can all drink together and celebrate the new year as all D-pads. Now, what we don't know yet, because there's another episode that we are potentially having planned. We're going to film it and see how it goes, the Century (laughs) Club. That's either going to be on the Mushroom Club or on the main feed. If you have a preference one way or another, let us know. Yeah, let us know. But we're going to decide between that and another episode that we have. But the end of the year is going to be fun. We have some fun things planned. And then early into January, uh, some good stuff there as well. And holy moly. I I, I always look forward to this. I love December for these episodes. It's been great. And by the way, Thanks to everyone. It, we have a lot of new listeners as a yes, result of do. us doing a lot of lists out there. We've had a significant amount of growth over the last yeah. uh, uh, month or so. So exciting. So if you have any other lists that you want us to do, mm. if you have any certain special episodes that you want to hear, you can hit us up on our socials uh, at Retrograde Pod, at Retrograde Mike, yeah, at Retrograde Andy on Twitter, the Retrograde Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, uh, you can reach out to us there on anything at Retrograde Pod on TikTok as well. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you guys. Yeah, and more than anything, you're our favorite things of the year. Thank you so much for listening. We love every single one of you. I know I say it every week, but we really do love every single one of you. Thank you so much for spending your time with us. And we continue.
to give you sweet entertainment. So we can be your favorite thing of the year. My name is Adrian Baskin, and with me as always is the bad boy of podcasting, Mr. Bebop himself. Mikey Aaronworth. This Retrograde Podcast. Game over. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Okay, so the rehearsal's done. You want to do the real thing now? Yeah, let's try it. Okay, okay. Okay, you guys got all your you guys pages? Lights on? Good. Okay. Three, all right. Take two, it from the top. One.